Sarah. I'm Ryan. We love Disney movies. So we decided to watch them all, from Snow White to Encanto and beyond. Each episode, we'll watch a different Walt Disney animated studios film and tell you all about it. Did we like it? Does it hold up? Who's our favorite hero? Or villain. We'll give you history and fun facts about each movie. And sometimes we'll invite our friends to watch along with us. So put on your tiara. Or your evil crown. And join us on our adventure. This is Taryn Ryan's Princess Diaries. Go ahead, talk into it. Hi. There you go. Doesn't yeah. that sound good? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are uncomfortable, you can move it away a little bit. But we just wanted to let you know, like, we haven't used that. So, like... Bree, if you move it away, you have to be louder is all I'm saying. If you want to be really okay. quiet. <laughs> See, if you're like me, I'm, I, I, I make sure my mustache touches it. Yeah. <laughs> that's I you guess I could just my... rest it on my chin like that. Yeah, yeah, that's actually perfect. That's great. As long like as a you don't mind that. whistle player. <laughs> a whistle? Oh, like a flute? Like a, yeah, like a Irish, long whistle. Yeah. You don't blow into that like a recorder? Well, you do, yeah. But but I feel like it rests. kind of, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea how to play an Irish. I mean, I don't think I could this play is, one well, but like I've seen people play them. This is excellent. I'm learning. This is excellent Ooh, talk for exciting. the podcast. We should just jump in right now and have this little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, have this. Are you recording this? Yeah. Oh, okay. So hop in. I hello, mean. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. Today, we are doing our first in-person recording it's so exciting Everybody, we might have to get a picture of us at we some have point. to I, we do i forgot to say that but yeah um we are all here at studio j is that what we're calling it? That's what yeah I call that's it. what you call it um i mean it's jess media so it actually fits in ah that's a that's a temp name that i've had for five <laughs> years now <laughs> that i love um and we've brought back brie who is super excited to do pixar's brave with us today i've returned from the dead for one of my favorite movies yes <laughs> But yeah, so Brie, what number is this? Brie is one of our most returning guests. Is I this think. four? So you think it's four? Uh, Make mine music. Was that the one? You oh, did was or? it that one or Melody Time? It one was of, one of those. It was two. one of those. Listen, the three I caballeros. Know. Three caballeros and Tarzan. Oh yeah, so this There's is there's not four. another one in there. Nope. I think she is she like I know for a fact. Well, that, Amanda, it Amanda might, might be, be one five. up on you. Yeah, I know Amanda's so. listening to this right now and being like. That's my new rival. I've never, I don't know that I've ever met her, but Amanda, if you're listening, watch out. <laughs> I love it. Watch out. You, you would actually really, yeah. you two would you probably get along, get along and do really like well. gangbusters. Um, so yeah, so today we're talking about uh, 2012's mm-hmm. uh, Pixar's Brave. We're doing another Pixar one because Merida, the main character, is is part of the Pixar, part of the Disney princess And she's the first, she's a lot of first things, so I can go over those a little bit later, but she is the first Disney princess created by Pixar to be included in the Disney princess lineup. Well, before we do that, Brie, you were very excited to do this one. And I remember asking you specifically, mostly because I know you have like a thing, you're, you, you know, you graduated with a linguistics major? Yep. So like this, and I know like Scottish isn't, you know, a different language, but at the same time, yes, it kind of is. (laughs) Well, uh, here's a question. Is there a lot of different dialects within? I do have a dialect fun fact for this movie. I would love that. Um, Now or later, whenever. But yeah, I mean, well, so there's Scottish, the English accent. There's Scottish... Uh, the language like Gaelic uh, mm-hmm. and there's Scots the dialect and mm-hmm. there are just other various dialects within Scotland that may be closer to English maybe closer to Scots and is that just depending on the region like where they are living in 
the country? I think so, yeah. Okay. There's actually some stuff within this about all the different Scottish dialects they use because yeah. there's a lot of actual Scottish actors. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I wanted to give a couple, just a couple well, of the well, things we do at the... Before we get oh. to that, I do feel like I put words into your mouth for why you were excited to do this one. So I oh, would yeah. oh, there's more yes, reasons. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. that's... Uh, so I'm, I'm very excited. I... I kind of grew up with the like, you know, we're Americans and we've lived here forever, but also you're Irish and you must be proud of being Irish. Mm. Uh, And Scottish and Irish are like siblings. And so I can be proud to watch a Scottish movie, even though it's not Irish. So there's a lot of familiarity in um, just the the culture of it and the music of it that uh, just feels familiar to me. Um, I love 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 that they included a scottish gaelic song in scottish gaelic in this movie Hmm. Uh, and it's a song that the mom and the daughter sing spoiler alert is it the lullaby yeah yeah um i love that they got scottish voice actors who had um who have lived their lives in scotland and like one of them we mentioned gets to speak in his family's dialect Did you like Kevin McKidd? Mm-hmm. Yeah. so what's so cool about Kevin McKidd because I looked up who he was he's Dr. Owen Hunt from Grey's I had no idea he was Scottish <laughs> I, I, I like blew my mind yeah, when I English, realized American that that's accent. who that was because I, I don't I'm terrible with actor names so I have to like see who they are I was gonna pull that out because I was wondering if you would know who this actor I had is. no idea and I read that as well he was very excited to be able to use his Scottish accent in I, this I will say he talks about the, the documentary I saw that he is from the highlands so his is a little like not so much like oh you know like the like really like shrek fat b from yeah austin powers accent but he's also the voice of that character's kid who the whole joke is no one can understand what he's saying because he said oh that's doric Yes, which uh, so, is my grandfather's accent, and so he does both of those voices. Yeah, I read that his misunderstood dialect, like you said, mm-hmm. is called Doric, and it's spoken in northeastern Scotland, which included his hometown of Elgin. Yeah, I, I want to make. I, I don't know that I'm going to pronounce. I'm going to oh, try my sure. best, but yeah, it's E L G I N. Um, but yeah, that's what I read about Kevin McKidd. Yes. Okay. Uh, there's another reason I'm really excited about this movie because it came out uh, when I was in late high school. Um, and in high school, I knew 100% that my career was going to be production designer for Pixar. Mm. Uh, 100%. I got accepted to Ringling. I was ready to go and get recruited as soon as I graduated. Um, and this movie came out. And when I saw it, I was like, man, they didn't even wait for me. <laughs> like, this, is, well, this is my movie. I wanted funny. to do this. That yeah. feels like the woman who did the hair in Rapunzel, who we were like, she was a Matt, she was doing a computer science degree in simulated hair, and then someone's went, well, they're hiring for Rapunzel over at Disney, and she was like, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the other thing I want to talk about was our history with this, because yeah. you and I have had this thing where you're like, I've never seen this movie. And I'm like, I think we've seen this movie together. And then finally... Today. Today, when you were like looking stuff up, you're like, oh, we have seen this movie. And I'm like, but, thank you. But we just watched it. It yeah, was just like was, a, hey, let's watch it. We haven't seen it. Yeah, it was well before... The podcast. I think it was on Netflix or something. Yeah, I was like, I, I want to see this one because I hadn't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. I keep forgetting that it's from 2012. I thought it was from before then. I don't know. It's It's got a weird history because it won best 
animated. Yeah, and it was the seventh Pixar film to do so. Right. So I do just want to go through the Pixar um, because it kept saying it was the first Pixar film to do this and that and the other yeah. thing. And Tell I want to go where through it... where it falls in the Pixar mm-hmm. um, timeline because we have not done Pixar yet. So for me, it was hard to ground like where does it fit? Mm-hmm. So Toy Story was 1995 and we have done Toy Story because it was the first Pixar. Mm-hmm. And then we are going to do a whole Pixar season once we are caught up with Disney. Um, next comes A Bug's Life in 1998. Then Toy Story 2 in 1999. You don't have to do every year. We're going to be here for... No, we're not. There's not. (laughs) Monsters, Inc. is 2001. Finding Nemo is 2003. The Incredibles is 2004. Cars is 2006. Ratatouille is 2007. WALL-E is 2008. Up is 2009. Uh, Toy Story 3 is 2010. And Cars 2 is 2011. This is after Toy Story 3? See, that's why I I wanted to know that. I was surprised at that. And the seven that have won um, Best Animated Picture, Finding Nemo was the first Pixar movie to win it. And then The Incredibles. And then Ratatouille, WALL-E, Up. Toy Story two, Toy Story three. So they all won one year after the mm-hmm. other. Those four, and then this becomes the seventh one to win. Up was the one that was also for just best picture, right? I think. I so. think so. I mean, I haven't looked. I it didn't up, realize but. it was after Up. I think part of it is this feels. That's why I the thought it was important. Modern. That's why I thought it was important yeah. to do that. Well, that's another first fact. It's the first Pixar movie to take place in kind of a historical. That's interesting because it's also is that thing about Incredibles. Like, does Incredibles actually take place in the 1960s? Because it's got that very 1960s aesthetic, but at the same time, yeah. they'll have cell phones and stuff. Yeah. It's very odd. But anyway, uh, 2012, the top three movies that year. Um, a few movies you might have heard of. Dark Knight Rises, Skyfall, and The Avengers. Mm. So this is when the whole world changes when we start deciding that superhero movies are the way to go. Yeah. But it is interesting to be up against those. It also was originally called The Bear and the Bow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the title that it went with for a while. Uh, it was produced by Pixar, but released by Walt Disney Pictures. So I believe this is the first one after Walt Disney buys Pixar. Do I have that right? Or is that not? Is that incorrect? I have no idea. This feels like something when we integrate this episode into our Pixar, Pixar universe, season, we might know a little bit. Dumb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I came across a fact, but now I can't recall what it is. Uh, it did get a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes, 69% on Metacritic. And that's the thing I want to talk about, Nice. That's the thing I want to talk about um, is... I feel like this one is like, I love this. I remember loving this movie mm-hmm. and I feel like this one was kind of like unfairly maligned. Like when I look up like, um, what are the, uh, like the, the Pixar ranking to me, it's like cars two and three, the good dinosaur. And then this one. And I'm like, really? This is like the fourth worst Pixar movie. I don't think Bugs I would Life. agree. I don't think I would agree with that, but I mean, it'll be interesting once we do it back to back doing all Pixar. I think, It'll be interesting how we feel. Do you I, want to rank the Walt Disney pictures when we do that? Just sit down. That's something I'll do. You know I'll do that. Yeah, you'll do that. I think I'll have a much harder time doing that. I'd probably give you my top five, but there I don't think I could do more than that. Um, 
I don't know what my my transition to that's okay I'll just kind of say some other things here uh the film at I believe it's at the end in the credits so something to look out for it's dedicated to the Pixar chairman and Apple co-founder and CEO Steve Jobs he passed he had died before the film's release so they dedicated that to him I know what I wanted to talk about can we jump in with the whole director thing that's going on yeah can I just give my facts on it because you have the deep dive and I have Mm -hmm. like just a couple things so there are two directors listed on this film Brenda Chapman who is one of the directors and she was the writer as well and she drew inspiration from her relationship with her daughter she was also the first female Pixar director of a feature length film is what I read can I jump in with a little more information about her background yeah that would be great so she worked on every she was at Disney and for a long time and she worked on Roger Rabbit Little Mermaid Beauty and the Beast Lion King Hunchback Fantasia 2000 oh wow she was she may still be married to Kevin Lima who you might know as the director of Goofy Movie and Tarzan hmm um, Great connection. She is also the first female director, not only of Pixar's, but of uh, any major studio animated film, The Prince of Egypt. Hey, now. So I know, I think on our 2012, schedule, that's kind of sad that it took to 2012. Listen, um, I mean, I'm glad it happened, but like it is heartbreaking to like think of the year yeah. where we're close to we're like. You were a stone's throw away from, yeah, that, from yeah, that bit of history. Sad. Um, I know. Now I wanted this. This may or may not make the actual episode, but I think scheduled. We can move this around up next for our mini tale to follow. This one is the Lion King live action. Do we want to do the Prince of Egypt? Yes, I okay. I love the Prince so of Egypt. We'll I be, want it in there. However, we can get it in. So good. I it think, is so good. I the soundtrack it, is great. Oh, it's so good. It does feel like one that eventually will turn into a full episode, but doing yeah. it as a mini tale seems like a good thing, especially since I have not seen it. It's so good. I hate the Bible. Okay, all right. right. I actually (laughs) wasn't allowed to watch it growing up, and I was a Christian. Oh, really? Why? Why weren't you? Because it was. I don't remember. I don't remember if it was like that's just not us or if it was just like it's just not a good movie and mm. neither of those I agree with now yeah <laughs> just, I, I saw it in the theater oh, I saw talked- it like when it came out I was in the theater with Jeremy of course maybe I was allowed but podcast. I just didn't we yeah. talk a lot of this podcast about like animated movies I wasn't allowed to see because my mom was like, that looks horrible. I will not take you to see yeah. it. Like she just didn't want to see it. So the other thing I have, and then you can jump into the history mm-hmm. with the directors, is I read that the film took about six years to make and that Mark Andrews, who's the other director listed, was initially a consultant more with um, the story. Yeah, he was he was working on a the story project, consultant. But. And then I had read a fact that said four years in Chapman left and he took over. And that's all I had. Now, Ryan found out more of the true story, which we'll go into. But the other piece I read is that he kept the intended story mm-hmm. that Chapman wrote. So he did keep. It, but 80 apparently 80 percent of the film took place in the snow and so that obviously didn't stick around that those were also, the facts i had that was also the, they had a bunch of snow there's the the original opening was uh or that's the thing there's like eight all these like animatics they had about the openings they had an opening where it was merida and eleanor making the tapestry which looked really cool that's mm-hmm. one i wish they would have gone with yeah. i do not remember how this movie opens there was one where it's like a hooded figure steals a bow from the castle and runs away and he turns out it's merida and the one that mark andrews pushed but they eventually did was them in the snow where it was how 
Fergus lost his leg to Mordu. Mm. And it, it, it was how he met Mordu, and then, yeah. and then it cuts to Brave. It's not like you see yeah, 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 <laughs> any yeah. of that. But um, they had all this really interesting snow technology. And I'll go into some of the other technology that ends up in the movie. But apparently that was a big push, not from necessarily Pixar. I mean, it was Pixar by way of the Tourism Board of Scotland. Oh. They were like, can you put our... Scott movie and like the nice time when people go, Oh, I want to go to Scotland. That's, that's funny. And they were kind of like, oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the software, do you want to go into, before we go into the software, do you want to go into yes, the story about, because I think it's important to talk about so this. So Brenda Chapman is l- replaced by Mark Andrews in October of 2010, citing creative dif- disagreements with uh, known creepy long hugger, John Lasseter. Which is really frustrating it's, now knowing, yeah, what we know. Um, yeah, she I, was pushed out essentially. I think so. I think a lot of it because a lot of the stuff they talk about it felt very like we need to get boys on board again. I think it was that same story we've heard multiple times about like, hey, our boy's going to buy this because it is. That's when they put in the like, let's start For this marketing. movie. Let's start this movie about the 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 separation of a, of a you know the relationship between a mother and her daughter with the dad going out on an adventure. And it's like, yeah. okay, like I get it, but also. That's not the point of this story. Mm-hmm. He kept a lot of the mother-daughter stuff, and he pushed it. He pushed it in a little bit of a different way, but that's like why there's a big fight scene in the middle and stuff okay. like that. I think it's there's a dude, like a lens, a to lens it. to yeah. it a bit. But I think he. I, I don't want to blame Mark Andrews in this. I, not that I know if he did, um, but no, I more so. It's more so upsetting that she was pushed out because she obviously was integral in creating the story mm-hmm. as well as directing a lot of like what we will probably enjoy. Like a lot of the yes. moments that we enjoy was based loosely off of her life, her relationship with her daughter and many other things. There's a big article where she opens up about it. And I will say it's not like she kicks the door open and is like, they did this, but she's definitely like, here's my part of the story. It wasn't four years. It was six years. I was working on the story and pitching it. And they're not including that. Like, like, yes, yeah. production probably was that long, but like I've been with this story for a very long time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she did how she, she is one of the people who got to go up on stage and accept the award as a co-director. Oh, well, though. that's great. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But it was also, I think I, I remember this story, but I'm wondering like going back and looking if it was one of those things where it's like, did they do that? Because there was a lot of people, a lot of outcry, like, you know, you, you'll never know. That's what the situation happened. But like, uh, who knows again, 10 yeah. years ago is not that far in time, but we're still like. It, it, was, it was you know I hate saying it well it was a different time because that's not an excuse but at the same time like it's it's a lens to look through of like 10 years ago yeah yeah we were still like making these terrible decisions yeah uh, I have a lot of firsts so I thought maybe we'd go through that um, mm-hmm. first Pixar film with a female protagonist mm-hmm. first one animated with a new uh, proprietary animation system called Presto Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the first Pixar movie set entirely in a historical past. So that's the point that we were making earlier. As far as princess goes, she is the first Disney princess to not have a love interest. So the real focus on the mother mother daughter relationship, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love that that's not the focus for her. I think that's great. Uh, first Disney princess to have brothers and not to sing. Although I she does forget about her brothers. Yeah, but. she does sing as a toddler, but. Uh, you know, for most of the film, she's not a toddler. So it's the first princess who doesn't have like a main song. One thing I want to look out for, because I saw this in the in the thing is I feel like they I showed I saw a few lines from her as a toddler. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to say, it looks like they just hired a like California child actor because they're like, oh. mother, 
I saw a wisp. And then like later she's like, ah, you know, like, like super Scottish. Cause that's Kelly McDonald. Also another Scottish actress. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I, I just want to know, like, <laughs> were they like, it's really hard to find a, like a Scottish little child who can act or why, you know, if, if I'm wrong. So let's let's let our linguist look at that and see if I'm right. If it sounds like a, a California back, child. I have no idea. But I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. 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 Well, as you little. listen, uh, she's also the first Disney princess that's not based on any pre-existing literary character or historical figure. Mm. Uh, and then going back to like different phrases and things she says I don't know that I'm going to say this right I did listen to a clip of it from the movie but at one point she says jings crevins and help ma bawa bawa I don't know I'm not saying that right uh, but it's a catchphrase from a famous Scottish comic strip called um, or woolly O-O-R-W-U-L-L-I-E that was started in the early 1940s so I like that they incorporated things that like Scottish folks would pick up on that we wouldn't I thought that that was kind of interesting and there's a couple other things there's um, something she does it's a kind of a lookout for a moment but when she gives her she's getting the magical cake ready mm. for her mother she puts a purple flower um, on the tray and it's a thistle and that is um, something for Scottish that I can't remember because I'm not reading my note I'm going from memory and this yes. is why I don't go from memory um, They. oh here it is it's the Scottish national emblem I just wanted to make is sure I got it thistle? right yeah I should have just asked Brie I don't know did why. you know that I'm sorry Brie yeah. well, uh, if you jump go, in you got yeah, the microphone yeah Brie jump in cut me off uh, if you, you go to like um I, I would like to cordially invite everyone to the Austin Celtic Festival in November. <laughs> but if you go, you get you'll see like kilts and sporans and stuff, and a lot of them will have a little thistle carved on it as oh, like an that's emblem. Cool. Fun fact: also, um, the word crivens is used. Any Terry Pratchett fans in the audience might know of the Knack McFeagle and the We Free Men. Uh, they like to say crivens a lot. Oh, well, here's the thing. This is something I think I was going to do a little later, but let's do it now. Uh, okay. If you remember our rescuers down under episode um i pulled out some mm, australian, australian slang yes and we tried to guess what those things meant so i found an old scottish i feel saying. as though brie is gonna kill this well we'll see well, i don't know scottish though. oh okay here's here's the thing because i am also going to attempt to do my version of a scottish accent so well i would like to ask brie if she finds it offensive because i was wondering every we time you go, she's not, i find okay. it hilarious okay <laughs> i was just like every time that you like try to mimic the sounds of a scottish accent i was like is that gonna be I feel like you've done it before and I thought actually it was good. I had a Scottish character in something in in, uh, Dungeons and Dragons thing I was DMing and I like to this day every once in a while pull back how excited Brie was like as a little memory to be like just I need a happy memory. I remember when Brie was excited (laughs) about his Scottish accent which is also a little intimidating so we'll see how this does. Um, Okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Are you going to use it in a sentence, or you're just going to give me give well, us the word? Well, it is a sentence. It's not a word. It's a I saying. See. So okay. it's I'll give you a skelp it lug. I'm supposed to guess what that means. That yes, was what do you think brilliant. That means? Thank you. What do you think that means? I'll give you a skelp it lug. Of course, it means I'll give you a slap on the ear. Yeah, I don't I was think gonna we're going to say gonna... I'll give you a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't okay. know that. Okay. Uh, wits for you no go by you. What's meant to happen will happen, obviously. I feel like Brie <laughs> might, might actually guess. Oh. I, like, she's oh, thinking... I have oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, this one you might be... Going. Skinny, malinky, long legs. Something about long legs? Skinny, malinky, long legs. Someone might be called a skinny, malinky, long legs. 
I don't know if that's supposed to mean something else. Sounds pretty, pretty <laughs> nice a, on its own. It's a tall, thin person. <laughs> okay. Um, Langmeyerlumrik. See, I don't think this is as fun as the Australian one because, like, <laughs> we can't, like, I can't guess anything. Long may your something something. May you live long and stay well. Yeah, Brie. <laughs> and then they have speak of the devil, which is I did not realize was a. I uh, think now we're getting into ones which feels a little like those first ones were were pretty rough. Okay, black as the Earl of Hell's waistcoat. Black is like black as the devil's waistcoat. Yeah, yeah. it's pitch black. So something's black as the mm. Earl. It's pitch black. Uh, failing means you're playing. Failing means you're playing. I'm supposed to say what that means. Yes. I don't know. When you fail at something, at least you're trying. Oh, okay. Okay. Like failing That's means you're one. playing. Okay. Uh, and then we'll we'll call this one the last one. Uh, money and Mickey Max a muckle. <laughs> um, something about like a dime a dozen or. That's not bad. It's saving a small amount. A small amount soon builds up to a large amount. So oh, it's like a penny saved, a penny. Okay, all right. Is money a mickle makes a muckle. Mm, I, I think that's my favorite one. Not because I guessed close, but I like the. I don't think I don't know if it's alliteration, but the rhyme or the rhythm of that. I don't know what. I don't know if I'm saying any of that right. I lied. There are two more we're gonna do. Okay. Dinner teach your granny to suck eggs. <laughs> that was loud and clear to me. Yeah. What does it mean? I didn't teach your granny to suck. Yeah, don't try yes. to teach someone oh. something they already know. Mm. Oh, no. <laughs> and is the cat dead? Uh, I mean, to me, it's... Has the cat died, which means your trousers are a bit short. Okay, that I wouldn't have... Yeah, 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 yeah. So it doesn't translate like what it sounds like. That's I funny. love Irish and Scottish culture both have this this habit of making just these wild beautiful phrases for something that's just like an insult it's gorgeous yeah, yeah. oh i think there's probably i feel like it's a more complicated version of bless your heart here in texas right <laughs> is the cat dead well yeah well like it's because like Bree said sometimes like they are an insult but you wouldn't know it unless like you grew up in that and i feel like when i came to texas i didn't know that bless your heart was like oh sweetie like you <laughs> oh, know like, your heart. yeah <laughs> i like that in the scottish accent um i wanted to bring up a couple of controversies that i read uh upon its release with this film first despite not wanting to get married to a prince merida was still made an official disney princess which apparently many people considered a hypocritical contradiction to this movie's message so i don't know how you all feel about that if you feel it's hypocritical Wait, 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 Her being made a princess? Because her not wanting to get married to a prince, she was still made an official Disney princess, which people felt was hypocritical to the message of the movie. Do you I guess, have to be married yeah, to I be guess a princess? Those yeah. are people who think that you need to be married to be a princess. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. I'm just bringing it up as this was a controversy people like. As felt. always, I will once again point out that Mulan is, is less of a princess in this in this series yeah then because mulan doesn't get married to a prince mulan is not does not come from royalty yeah so in the technical standing she's not a princess there are also princesses like princess alonwi from um black cauldron who is not in the official list yeah there are also women who i believe deserve to be in the official list like princess uh is it kira from atlantis who's a princess who's oh there? yeah who's not in uh, it yeah i agree with you 
She's she's not official official princess. Megara is not one. Who did you say? Oh, Kira. 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 I think it's Kira. The the yeah. The, the I could be totally bikini wrong. princess, as I refer to her in my head. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, like uh, it's one of those things where I see people dressing as her. On, oh yes, and that's the outfit. And I go, that oh, they this use. is scandalous. I think they're. I don't really like them like sexualizing this outfit. And then I'm like, oh, it's it's 100 accurate. I just you know. yeah. So yeah, I wasn't saying I was necessarily agreeing with it, but that was something that came out. I do think the issue there is what is it? It's like Wreck It Ralph too when all the princesses are there and they're all kind of like modernized. Yes. Um, and they have Merida there. Now, and- I will say the only thing is I don't want to tell the big joke with Merida oh, okay. there because she oh, has I not haven't seen, seen it, it and it I think yet. it's hilarious. Okay. So just her appearance, I guess, is kind of disappointing to me. Like With the rest just, of them? Yeah, I don't know. I guess girls can have sleepovers, but it just seemed like there's something that makes Merida different from the other princesses to me. And it just seemed like a wind, like a the prop there. Well, that's mm. interesting. I'll go into a little bit of that here, if that's okay, about Merida. Or do you want to? Continue? If you want, unless you want me to do the other two controversies first, that's up to you. We could put them in later. It doesn't have to. I, okay. I know once you start a, a, a block. No, you, that's fine. I'm just asking. Merida, like a lot of her hair and stuff, was designed around that idea and there was a big thing where they said Merida starts the movie and she's fiery she's headstrong she's passionate she's confident but she's actually not brave and the movie's about her becoming brave because you're not brave until you you do something at the cost of losing something important to you and that I thought was an interesting thing but that's part of that big thing with her where they talk about if you watch it you watch her dress in their head of the movie of the of the writers Merida designed her own dress Mm. Like, whereas everyone else, because that's why hers has like things popping out, it seems because it's easier to shoot a bow and arrow. Like, even that's the joke yeah. when she wears the dress and like pops it and that. But her original dress, the idea was, well, Merida made that. And so that's why it's, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, that's absolutely a character that is very different from all of them. But I mean, I don't know who's to say they she wouldn't hang out with them. But it's also like, I haven't seen Wreck It Ralph 2, but like all the IPs are like, they just together. live together, so yeah. who knows? <laughs> Do we want to go back to the controversies? Oh, sure. Uh, it was criticized for being a fairy tale movie made by Pixar, not by the in-house Walt Disney feature animation. Who yeah, cares? and many <laughs> who long- has exclusive jurisdiction. Exactly, <laughs> okay. and many longtime Pixar Pixar fans saw this as evidence that after having been bought by Disney, Pixar had in quotes sold out and was just now Disney's tool for marketing and merchandising If you listen really closely, listeners, you can hear the sound of Brie and I's eyes rolling uh-huh. in that Yeah, and then the third one was when Merida's image was being marketed in dolls and books by this the Walt Disney Company, her proportions were altered to make her slimmer and curvier in the manner of other Disney heroines. Uh, this produced such an outcry from the public that the alterations were scrapped. Now, that's the only one that I would also yes. not I yeah I distinctly remember that one yeah so we that were, so we were like dating around this time like we were together because it was 2012 I guess so yeah but like I remember that happening because like they were like it was this is what Merida looks in the movie this is what she looks like in on the packaging yeah. packaging for being a Disney princess and I think they change her up for Wreck It Ralph too but they're also homogenizing them all to have this similar style so everyone's kind of changing to look a little different. You know, like, and it's not necessarily, it's, it's, a, but it's also not like this is her new body proportion that, and that sort of thing. But at that point, it's like you could, you could say, okay, time has passed, whatever, like marketing her from directly yes, yes, from yes, this yes. movie, I think 
no thank you i also like, think it's a problem don't change her proportions like it, it to me it'd be like if they made daisy duck look like a princess it's like what that's not the character yeah like and they're like now she's tall now she's this it's like that's weird i also think it's interesting going through a lot of the designs for merida apparently like she's got big leg muscles like i don't know if you noticed it that much but the idea was they wanted her to look like that because it's like they wanted her to seem strong and she's athletic yeah and I don't know. I, it feels weird for me to be like this time. I'm going to be checking out the uh, Disney character's thighs. Well, no, but, you, but like, you know what? It it's bringing a lot to me is Encanto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is is like now look at that film and look at how many people, how many children as well as adults gravitated towards. Um, and now I'm blanking at her name, and I love her, Louisa. Louisa. And again, there was that issue with like. This is my issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but there was the issue where they didn't. Well, there's two things. One, they didn't do a lot of merchandise for Louisa when it came out and everybody was like, where's the Louisa merchandise? They didn't think anyone would want a Louisa doll or like want her on things. And then they had to like redo the marketing strategy. But then the other thing, which I agree with you, is how she's presented in the parks. In the park, she's a fur character, not a face character, which means she's got like a mask. Instead of it being an actual Because I'm sure person. they couldn't ever find a buff woman exactly. who wants to be Louis. Like, exactly. I'd meanwhile, you know, be lining up at the door. To- yeah. yeah. Well, and meanwhile, there were so many like TikToks that came out, like women who looked like identical to Louisa, yeah. like singing the part. And like, yeah, there are. And women who didn't look, singing the part. Like, Agreed. also, like, yeah. I don't ever go, like, oh my God, it's like Ariel just stepped out of the movies and is now in Agreed. front of me. It's like, Agreed. this is a woman with a red. <laughs> you know it, like yeah and, and, and i don't know anyway um i'm just saying there are lots I'm of people yeah you. so so that was the one i wanted yeah. to bring up the other two i i'm with you they're a little eye rolly but they well, i read them so i wanted to mention them this uh, this is really dangerous for me to say this on a disney podcast but that feels like that kind of like cult of disney disney adults which i generally hate when people are like ooh disney adults but like there's some things where it's like you're so beholden to how things have been that you're not interested in anything new and yeah. that's what that feels like there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's to me, it's it's just like, hey, let Pixar do whatever they want. It's it's gonna be you're gonna get way more interesting stories if you let people have a little more freedom than like Disney does the fairy tales. Yeah, Pixar, Pixar does, does, the, does this, this, and nobody like nothing. And in I'm between. wondering if that goes into the like, it's not as well liked of a movie as other ones as people do that. In fact, I was gonna say when I posted that thing on social media of like, hey, these are the movies we're doing for season mm-hmm. three. I had multiple people reach out and go, why are you doing one Pixar movie? And I was mm. like, well, I, I I think, number one, you must not listen to our podcast because I didn't hear anything from you when we did The Iron Giant or Batman Master yeah. Phantasm well, or anything else we've done. Yeah, well, and we did Toy Story. Toy Story, which was the first Pixar but movie. But this is when they're like, why are you doing that one? And I was like, well, she's." I'm like, we'll go back and we'll do a Pixar season, but she's technically a Disney princess and I want to just like... Well, and maybe we should have said that at the top, but... I, I'm not beholden to these people. Also, yeah, it's your podcast. Tell you what, I want to. Tell you what, if you have a problem with us doing this brave thing, I will give you back all the money you spent on listening to this episode. <laughs> you can have it all back. Uh, so going into the software, mm-hmm. uh, two additional software programs were specifically developed for the movie by Pixar, and it was in the span of three years. And one of these programs allowed simulation of Merida's 1500 strands of her hair curls mm-hmm. uh, to move together with her movements. And I want to call this the era of hair because the Tangled, hair. the hair. Yes. 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 You and Brie had it. Yes. This we were is closer. You would hear a high Tara's five right now. Hera. <laughs> yes. Tara's Hera because we're starting with Tangled. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was our the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Is that chrono- chronological? No, we had Winnie the Pooh in between these. Oh, so. okay. Well, uh, 
as far as princesses go, uh, the Tangled, only hair in that movie is rabbit. <laughs> ah, that's okay. <coughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so this is going to be Tara's Hera, where I really follow along with the hair because we're getting all the good hair is coming in well, these films. The other thing about the hair, and this is there's a whole section that I'm going to recommend everyone watches this section of the making of where they talk about the design of Scottish people, which they call hairy, dirty people. And it's all about how (laughs) important it is. Like they've been doing all this stuff to make very specific, like beauty and looks. And then in this movie, they're like, we need to make them look dirty. We need to like have like whiskers and hair. Like the, 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 the witch has, chin whiskers so watch mm. out for the which is i can't whiskers. wait for the witch there's all sorts of stuff they do not just for her hair but like their weird wily eyebrows um look at their teeth this is one of the first movies they do where teeth are bad mm. because they wanted them to look like they have bad teeth yeah um it it's an amazing like it was my favorite section now you probably heard me laughing up here this yes. morning that's what i was laughing that's at was all the, like just drawings of like how dirty they were they did a whole thing where there's a whole scene where angus her horse and her are like getting mud on each other's faces and then it cuts to you know they always have like the like you know like we drew a lot of cows and home on the range it cuts yeah. to them drawing cows or we drew a lot it cuts to two animators throwing mud in each other's face and then oh, that's filming great. it i love that <laughs> the, apparently the animators also had to personally learn the choreography for the fight scenes because mark andrews is a sword nut oh. so he goes out there and he was doing sword classes because he was like and it was interesting, interesting because um it was it would show him out there and he had like gloves and he had like obviously he does sword stuff and he goes okay this is a broadsword and you know you think this but it's heavy and blah blah, blah. and then it cuts to all the enemies like i want everyone to come up and, and try we've it got these like watermelons and you're gonna slice these watermelons and they're like Argh! you know and they're all having a really hard time um but yeah he he was kind of i think that's w- the interest he brings to it why he wasn't just a random choice he was someone who yeah. had just like a different avenue in the same thing but yeah mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of things to look out for. Um, about 13 minutes in, there's a chess set in Merida's room, and it's the famous Lewis chessman from the 20th century that was unearthed in Scotland in 1831. Hmm. So again, that's another thing that I really like, that there's certain things that might like go by us, but maybe wouldn't, like things that Scottish folks would pick out. Um, apparently, none of the footage in the preview is in the finished film. So after we watched the the Not movie, even the beautiful, beautiful song. Yeah. So I'm. Bree, are you okay? I was so very sad. I love that song. Yeah, I almost want to watch the preview after we watch the movie, mm. just because I don't really remember the preview. But I found that interesting. Um, in the title sequence, uh, it's about four minutes into the film. If you look closely, you can see Merida hidden in the letter B, and you can see her mom hidden in the letter E. So something no, we'll her mom to look out or, for. Or, or mum bear, as they referred to her. That I don't know. They did not. They did not and tell it, me that. Yes. Uh, filmmakers decided to show Merida mucking out Angus's stall herself to challenge the audience expectations of what a princess should be. Mm-hmm. So I did like that. That that's something to kind of look out for. Um, I also read about a reference to a long lost kingdom with a king and four sons. That's a reference to an early French ruler, Clovis, who upon his death, he split the region of Gaul, which Mm -hmm. is modern day France, into four parts, one for each son to rule. So that was kind of a reference there. That's that's Mordu's backstory. Yeah. And then um, Castle Dunbrock. Is that Mm -hmm. how you say it? I think so. Uh, Has a striking resemblance to a real Scottish castle. Ilian Donan, E-I-L-E-A-N-D-O-N-A-N. Can we get 
Brie and I have both attempted Scottish accents. Can we get one? No, you? you can't. No, I don't. I don't want to. If okay. it's E I L, it might be Island. Island. Yeah, that's why I was like, I probably wasn't right in saying that. Island Donnan. There you go. Hey, that was not <laughs> bad. Um, it's this castle is located in a small tidal island where three locks meet. And uh, I did not write down the locks, but the different bodies mm-hmm. of water. But it was founded in the 13th century. And apparently, it's one of the most recognized castles in all of Scotland. And it's a popular location for movies, television, advertisements, fashion shoots, and music videos. So again, it's another like pretty big icon mm. uh, as far as like things with Scotland go. I would like to, to, I don't have a good transition, but I would like to now talk about the tapestry because there's a lot of tech that goes into that. Yes. I read something about, uh, they created that tapestry using a certain type of technology that allowed them to create billions of individual threads. They actually, it actually, because what technology tends to want you to do is to create things that are like solid and they break apart and that sort of thing. At least at that time, now there's more stuff for it. So for that, they were like they could actually do threads and stitching and they did stuff. So when you get really close to it, it's the same object as when it's really far away. Mm. Like it's that sort of thing. But apparently the, I didn't get his name, but the artist in charge of it was like, they had a bunch of stuff up, you know, that, that shot they show in all the Disney make it of where everyone's like looking at like, you know, um, concept art in this. And he's looking at that and showing how they want to rip it and do that. He goes, Oh, that's a lot. Of, that's interesting. That's a lot of really unique challenges who I, I don't feel, don't feel great for whoever has to do that. And he turned around and everyone was looking at him like, yeah, you're in charge of that. He's like, Oh, great. <laughs> but they would like get like real hand stitched embroidery. Now, nothing like a thousand year old Scottish tapestry, yeah. but like they would set them all up and they would all take turns ripping them with swords and knives to like get in there and look and see how it was done and all this stuff. He's like, yeah, it's some of the most complex stuff in the film when she's like sewing it on the back of the horse. And like, it's like she has to be able to carry it with her. It has to rip and look like it's really ripping. But Mm -hmm. all that stuff was super interesting. I never thought about the mechanics of the threaded tapestry. It's all about the hair when I saw it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Those were the two big things was this tapestry. So watch out for the tapestry because when it zooms in, there's a lot of individual stitching because it it was built like something that was actually stitched where they're not. Yeah, they're not creating a block and making it look like a tapestry, which is what they did in the past when they're talking about fabrics and stuff like Mm -hmm. on up or Monsters, Inc. Like whenever they're wearing clothes, it's just a piece that they've put something on to make it look like this. This had thread. They yeah. made thread and then threaded it into this thing, which, which is, is wild. I don't think they did all of it, but like it was, yeah. you know, there's a lot of simulation there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Lord MacGuffin and son. I wanted to talk about the industry term MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? We use this all the time in my industry. Okay. It's, so you can, inter- the- I looked it up. I know what it means, but I thought you should introduce it because I feel like you know it. So it's like the, th- uh, boy, or do you want me to just say it? Why don't now? you tell me the exact definition? I'll use it. So what I looked it and up I'll was act like I came up with it. Mm, it's loosely defined <laughs> as an unimportant plot item or event that nevertheless drives the plot forward. Yeah. So like King Arthur's quest for the Holy Grail isn't about like the story is about all the things he does, but the Holy Grail is kind of the MacGuffin. Yeah. Or uh, it's the thing you're going for in the quest, but like that's not the story. It's not super important. Yeah. And so that's what the three suitors are there to to escalate the tension between yes. her and her mother, but not necessarily like they, they never like come back into it. But I thought it was interesting that they use the industry term as mm-hmm. the name. 
like Lord McGuffin. So um, that was just something that I wanted to mention. We also haven't really talked about the villain. The villain Mordu. 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 Uh, do you know what it means? The Great Black. Because that was originally his the name. Large black the large one. black one. Yeah. The large black one. Because he's a big black bear. Mm-hmm. But he's not a bear. That was a big thing they kept writing everywhere. Apparently the studio was, this is not a bear. This is a monster. Yes. And he there's no voice talent for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the animators wanted to capture the sense that the bear had been around for a long time and seen a lot of battles. So the things to look out for with Mordu is spears in his back. He has a split ear. He has a dead eye. He has scars, arrow shafts, and burned hair. Yeah. So I thought that that was really intriguing that all of those things that they were focused on. What are you laughing at, Brie? I just, she said dead eye, and I remembered the dad's voice going, it's one dead eye. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Connolly, it. speaking of great oh, Scottish actors. Yeah. You know who Billy Connolly is, don't you? I think so. From Muppet Treasure Island <gasps> oh, and from, yes. um, what's the yes, movie that's yes, bad yes, yes, that yes, we yes, like? Yes. Uh, Boondock Saints. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so also, Mark Andrews directed, he's the other director, directed animators to make him move less like a bear and more like an alien. And how he described this was, it has a form of corrupted intelligence mm-hmm. gone past what it has turned into and it's a cursed thing. So, what so that was the idea behind it. I read is it, was, it wasn't he wanted it to look like an alien. He wanted it to feel like the alien or the predator. Like I he see, wanted it on I that see. level of like there's just this thing that we don't know how to Got deal it. with. Got so. it. And then the I wanted to just mention the studio trademark things to look out for, things that Pixar puts in every film. The Pizza Planet truck. And it's funny because these Wait, are things. What? Yes. These <laughs> I are, that. These are things that in this movie you're like, well, where would they be? Uh, but the Pizza Planet truck. What if there was just a scene where pizza got delivered and we all just forgot about it? <laughs> no. Um, all of these things happen in the witch's hut. So the Pizza uh, Planet truck can be spotted in the witch's hut. Is it a carved figure? She's, she's not a witch. She's a whittler. Like, you yeah. Know that? Witch yeah. carver. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it doesn't tell me if that one's carved out of wood, but it might be. So okay. we're going to have to look out for that. We're also going to have to look out for Sully. He's been carved into a piece of wood, and that's to get people excited about Monsters University because that <laughs> comes out, I think, next or like Very relatively soon. Yeah, soon. Yeah. And then the third thing is the A113 which we've talked about in mm-hmm. lots of things, which references the room number of one of at the Cal Arts. at Cal Arts is carved in Roman numerals. So that's something to look out for. So those three things are all in is the it, witch's hut. I guess they're carving 100. Is it just a bunch of lies? Yeah, because to me, yeah. one, yeah, one, yeah, three yeah, yeah, yeah. is one, 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 one two, three. <laughs> it must be a bunch of ones. Yeah, we're going to have well, to look out for it. I'm wondering if they did... 113. 113. They might have done yeah. that. Um, so we'll Do you know that's also like the detention block that Princess Leia is on in Star Wars? Like that's... Oh, no. I didn't know AA that. 113. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So... Uh, so that is, I think, everything I have. And then you, I'm kind of interested in what you wanted to talk about. So they were, there was a big thing on the, so I, I think it was a collection of all the, the, the little, you know, when you get a, a Disney DVD and it's like all the little making ofs that are section I, it was something like that on youtube and i'll post it because it's very interesting but one thing they talked about was how everybody kind of blew off steam which you know we talk a lot about nowadays at least i do in a lot of my industry of like hey 
I'd like to get paid more as opposed to having a pizza party at the end of the week. Like things exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Or I'd like a paid PTO day as like a mental health right. day versus like. But, but yeah. I still think team building activities are good for a company. Yeah, definitely. And these were amazing. So apparently a bunch of new animators got hired at one time. And then on that Friday when they did a like everybody meet in the room, they hired a bagpiper, not the company. These new guys got together. Goes, I got an idea, <laughs> and they go, okay. And they hired a bagpiper, and they're like, you know, doing bagpipes, and they're all wearing kilts. So Mark Andrews went, from now on, Fridays are kilt Fridays. I love that. They had things where they had people come in with scotch and do scotch tastings. They celebrated mm. Robert Burns, a uh, Scottish writer. They celebrated yeah. his birthday every year. They had they, they did a whole thing where everyone around and talked about what they thought about haggis. Mm. Um, where it's funny, like this one woman was like, that's another thing in this thing. There's a lot of women who worked on this movie in, in all different roles and they're in a lot of the, the making of, which is very interesting. I wish we would have gotten all their names, but it's worth seeing in that, that there was a, there were so many women working on this movie, mm-hmm. but it was just funny. There's this one woman who's like, I've had haggis three times now. She's like, I've had enough haggis. <laughs> okay. She's like, have, I appreciate haggis. Have you had haggis? And by you, I mean you or Brie. Cause I, think, I have not. I think I've had it once but it was like it didn't it was i think it was at when remember where i bought my axe and it was like that thing with phil Mm -hmm. i think there was like something you could get a tasting of it but it just looked like ground beef and it was just a little bit i want the whole presentation they did where it comes out in the comes out in stomach and they cut it and it's like it looks it doesn't look i mean it's just like a big you ever had a dolmas no which is like the greek stuff in a Greek stuffed leaf. grape leaves yeah, stuff. oh okay it yes just I have like had that. that or like if someone was like hey I, I decided to cook today's dinner in a uh, water balloon mm, Brie have you had it I think I've had a bite of haggis from a can at the Celtic from festival one year yeah it looked like canned corned beef basically mm. I don't yeah, remember yeah, yeah. anything different yeah I mean the thing where it's like oh it's in a sheep stomach like that's just because like they didn't have cooking utensils in and you could I just mean sausage is in, in intestine yeah. I guess that's something. true good so point that doesn't bother me it's it's it and it's also it's like organ meat so it's like I, I just th- that description like Organ meat, but I think you know I like I chicken livers. Yes, and stuff I understand like that. that I've eaten other things that are probably considered organ meat, but it's just that phrase that I'm like, <laughs> no, thank you. Literally, if it's awful better. Yes, um, <laughs> literally, if uh, there was a Scottish restaurant where we could haggis, that would be my suggestion. What we do mm. after well, this? I know you just me- watch me and potentially Brie have some. But. Yeah, but it reminds me of the Irish Inn where shout out to if anyone listening lives near or by Glen Echo. It's uh, Irish, not, not Scottish. Scottish, but it's all, I miss that place because it was very Irish traditional. Mm-hmm. Like everybody who worked there um, was, he, an, was an Irish expat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just shout out to that restaurant. Not, again, not that Irish is Scottish, but it, it's the closest thing I have because we've not been to like a traditional Scottish restaurant. I want to go to this uh, Celtic festival. I know in November. I'm very excited for that. I, we'll have to mark that'll our be my thing that I like plug at the end of the thing. Okay, I'll be like, okay it's great. State. Well, let's talk about one more thing since we're talking about that, which is I did a little bit of a deep dive on some uh, Highland Games stuff because there's a little. They have of that, that at the festival too. I know. I'm excited about that, and I, I, so that's the stuff where they do the caber tossing, which I didn't mm. realize that's not about how far you can throw the caber. It's you're trying to throw it at exactly like a. 12 o'clock you want it angle. to flip end over end end over end oh. and then land like direct like it's that's what they're they're how like straight it is interesting they have a um hammer toss 
but theirs is like instead of at like 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 they do in the Olympics where it's like on a chain, it's on a stick, mm. and the people wear shoes that have like twelve inches of metal on the other end, so they do their balance. There's all this stuff like that. But then I got down the rabbit hole, and this is a little bit of a strange, um, you know, revelation to you guys. But okay. uh, I found uh, women's Highland Games. I did not realize that that was something I was into. <laughs> they have that at the festival as well. It was w- w- big thighed women throwing. <laughs> ca- I mean, I would I love like, to. Wa- I would love to watch that. I think that's very impressive. It was. Yeah, I was. I, that's what I. She had. <laughs> she had like two pigtails, like braided. Yeah, and just like boom, <laughs> she was just like threw it and did it really well and it was like 4.4 million views so i was like okay it's not just me <laughs> <laughs> but it was definitely it was like it, it felt like watching the olympic scene in wonder woman 2 only with like a different body type of woman yeah and i yeah. was like okay well then i just learned a little something about myself but also <laughs> i just really liked watching all those i i like highland games something i like those like lumberjack games and stuff yes. like that lady is looking at you saying pet my belly lady do you have anything to say about this She wants her belly Nothing. pet. Well, well, uh, uh, gang, I think that means, but ladies, let us know this time to pet her belly, but it's also, I think, time to take the VHS out of the VCR. No, hold on. Take the VHS out of the clamshell and put it in the VCR. See you on the other side, listeners. Hello, listeners. We are back. And what did everybody think? I love this movie. Like, it's not one of my absolute favorites, but there's so much I really like about it. And it definitely, I told you, I don't know if we told the listeners this, but I was like, oh, this movie's going to gonna get wreck to me. You, yeah. yeah, it didn't wreck me, but I mm-hmm. was like, uh, but what did you think, Brie? Well, I still love it. Like, so. How many times have you seen this, do you think? Um, this is probably four or five. Okay. Mm. It's not like Tarzan where I've seen it like 20 to 30 times. Yeah. What was the movie? Was it Jaws where you asked me the other day how many I said? And I'm like, I might be close to triple digits I at believe this point. That. Like, I believe I've... that with that one. Um, This was my second viewing of it. Was this your second viewing of it as well? Yes. But I mean, I've watched like You've watched more clips, clips and, and things. stuff. Yeah. Because I don't know if we talked about this first half. I love Mordu and I like mm-hmm. like... You guys are here basically to keep me from letting Mordu get really high. Oh, in the ranking, in the, in the villains in the villain rankings. rankings, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a lot of stuff. I, I, not to to go ahead, but I, I see him in the ranks of like the Firebird and Chernabog. Like mm. he's, I don't know if Chernabog was. I think they were close, but like that ranking of villain. I think he's high enough to be there. Presence, yeah. I, don't, I don't see him as like a top ten buster. Like mm-hmm. who busted it the other day? Oh, Madam uh, Mother Gothel. Yeah, Mother Gothel. Like... <laughs> really, she deserves to be where she is at. Yes, but yeah, absolutely. What do you think? Um, I really liked it a lot. I feel like I picked up on a lot more the second time through, and I, of course, was emotional at the end. But mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I think it deserves much higher than its Metacritic I, or its I rotten. agree. Yeah, I think I, it should be higher. It's also a beautiful movie. Like, even yes. take out the story, which I really like the story. I like mm-hmm. that there's not a love interest focus. I like that it's between this parental relationship that is frayed over time. Because when you see them interact when she's young, they have a very close relationship. So it's right, clear right. that, like, over time things have gotten more tense between them. And I like that that's the focus. But even if you don't focus on the story... 
it's breathtakingly beautiful. Mm -hmm. Everything about it is so beautiful. And I just feel like there's so much to gush on about the movie. And it's kind of surprising to me that it isn't higher up. Bree's going to now see your shrine to me and lady. Oh, the the Amazon (laughs) uh, TV lets you put on pictures. And I just put what was in my phone, which is pictures of of me and lady. It was either that or like, I guess, wrestlers or something. But I figured this would would get me more points. Mm -hmm. And it has. at 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 a random time. Um, well, you said this is a movie we can gush on. Let's gush on yeah. this one. So it opens with Merida uh, learning to shoot the bow out in the woods alone, and she finds a wisp. Mm-hmm. And so... I wanted to say something about the wisp. Did I say this in the episode or did I just say it no, when we were watching No, you said it. I wanted you to mention it. Yeah, so wisps are big, huge finger quotes here, real things in that they are swamp gas coming up from the moors and being ignited by... Um, uh, static electricity. It's similar to you Texans out there to what you see in Marfa with the Marfa lights. Do you mm. know the Marfa lights, Bree? I have heard of the phenomenon, but I don't know the science. Yes. Yeah, I've it. not seen it either. It, it's a similar thing, um, but the the wisps stay when you get close to them. The current of air you're creating as you move makes them move in kind of a like come here way, and so everyone go, oh, they want me to follow them, which you know is kind of like confirmation bias as you're going through this thing yeah and they would say that they would lead you to either great treasure or certain doom which makes sense if you're following random puffs of swamp gas is like this one led me into a hole yeah 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 exactly uh but yeah this whole opening sequence we kind of see the relationship she has with her mother and her father and Mm -hmm. they're camping i don't think they're camping but they're not in the castle they're they've got tents maybe like it's they're in battle and it could be like a, a fancy big hunt that he's doing that's, oh, that's, that's a good point is. or maybe yeah, it's yeah. a highland games where they're like somewhere preparing yeah, they're doing something out they're doing something yeah i don't think it's battle it's, related but it's just like why i was trying to think why they would be like out away from the castle right, right, right. um the hunt is a good one could we talk a little bit about king fergus because uh as some of you you may or may not know we recently we like to do brackets yes. in our social media join our facebook page join our you know we'll do, that's the best place to do them i think i'm stopped doing it on twitter and and instagram, instagram cause just because it's, such it's a pain. too much yeah um, so come join our facebook group and you'll get to see brackets such as in the past we've done best henchman best sidekick mm-hmm. best witch the witch from this was in our witch one yeah and the most recent one was our witch disney daddy can get it <laughs> Um, for Father's Day, and King Fergus made it to the final four, I believe? He's really great. I really like King Fergus a lot. He's got that thing where a lot of those dads I don't think made it very far because you don't know a lot about them as dads. Yeah. And he's very much like, you know a lot about Fergus, and he's a great dad. I think, well, but again as i said all during the actual thing it's not what kind of daddy is here's the thing it's we can, can vote we can vote any way we like and i do think that there is something <laughs> about i think there's something attractive about someone who's a good dad i also think he's very attractive because he is very strong but he's very kind oh, and he's very he's, funny i also think he's very attractive because something you don't necessarily see is particularly an animated dad is he's really into eleanor yes like there's yeah. a part here where merida runs off and he like pinches her butt or something yeah, and yeah. then like at the end when she's naked he's like she's like he goes she goes i'm naked and then he starts staring and he's like no i mean like yeah help me out here yeah 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 uh so she goes out into the woods to to try to shoot this bow for the first time it's her birthday or does he just give it to her as a gift i, I think he says happy birthday so maybe they're out for her birthday maybe yeah uh but when she's out there Mordu attacks and comes into their camp and 
then her dad like charges to protect her and his wife and then it cuts to landscape and narration by Merida and then this is where um, we're kind of introduced to the family the castle and the credits come in in this sequence as well well going back for a second not to discount Eleanor she grabs Merida and takes off on the horse like it's not just Fergus tries to save her I think that's something to remember is She's very Eleanor protective in her of own her. way is protective of you know he, she's very logical so she's like I'm going to grab the baby I'm going to get out of here and Fergus yeah. is protecting them but yeah yeah and so then we're introduced to the three devils the princes and she talks about <laughs> do they say three devils I think that's how she describes them um, but she talks about how they can do no wrong how they get away with everything and she can get mm-hmm. away with nothing and we are learning that her mother is teaching her essentially to be her you know she's teaching her to be a a queen you know mm-hmm. teaching her to be a princess but even more so like how to lead as a queen and we see this that even though fergus is the king the one who has the power is really the queen the well, one who can like r- who can uh, command the room i think she's keeping them from being at war yeah like she's the one because if they all had their way it'd just be a war all the time and she's the one like we need to settle our differences and yeah. blah 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 um But this is where we start to see that their relationship is strained, Merida Mm -hmm. and Eleanor. Eleanor, yes. Eleanor, yeah. By the way, did we mention in the thing Eleanor voiced by Emma Thompson? I think we talked we about this not, second we got we started watching it. We did not mention it. it's Emma Thompson. And she's also played another character, Eleanor. And now I can't remember the movie, but this is her second Eleanor character. Really? Yeah. It was a, not an animated film, but I can't remember what it, which movie it was now. You keep going. I'll look that up she winds up going on an adventure with Angus. She talks about how like every day she's a princess and we go through like what she has to do and what she has to learn and all these things. She goes, but there are some days I don't have to be a princess. And then this day she goes on this adventure with Angus. She has all these targets set up in the forest that she's hitting. And there's a really beautiful song. And Brie, if you want to say the name again of the woman. I thought you were going to tell her to sing it. No, but <laughs> the if, name. Brie, the, if you'd like I was to like, sing I can the tell song. you the name of the song. You're more right? than welcome to sing it. Uh, but <laughs> Julie Follis is yes. the artist. And she has several songs in the movie. Touch the Sky is the first one. Perfect. Thank you so much. But Sense a, and Sensibility is her That's what it other. is. So that's her other Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a beautiful song and just a beautiful sequence. Again, we get to see so much of the world outside the castle. And we get to really see Merida be Merida, right? Like, really really enjoy her surroundings at this point at this point is so i made the mistake of trying to watch the cinema sins for this movie to see what people were saying about it i don't know what that is no it's like all they do things are like everything wrong with the avengers and it used to be kind of interesting because it was like you'd look for goofs or like why this would work and now it's like why didn't Tony Stark just blah 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 and I'm like why don't you write a movie like shut yeah, up exactly. <laughs> I hate I, so, I've marked them on YouTube as like do not suggest this channel oh, okay. for me I so, didn't know ugh. you could do that um, but this is about the point where I stopped that video because I was like this is garbage his Got issues it. issues so far were like oh look little Merida's a discount Arya Stark yeah, oh, this is okay. like before that, or like, oh look, the horse is like a dog. Wait, didn't I'm like, this horses out, do that. This came out way before Game of Thrones, didn't it? Right, so <laughs> that's part like, of it. But it's I also mean, granted, like granted, that's a the choice, books existed, not a, the books existed, but still, that's a choice, not something that doesn't work. Like I said, it used to be like, hey, um, if you like, someone would punch a hole in some like 
uh, like in a bathroom and they'd be like, that would actually break your hand. Oh, and it was like, got it, got that's it, interesting. It. Now it's like, why would they do this? And I'm like, you're so cool. You're so cool, Cinema Sins. You, yeah. You take all these big Hollywood movies and tell us what's wrong with them. Eh. I'm sorry. I no, really okay. hate Anyway, Cinemasins. this is the point where I we were closed like, no, thank that you. video. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, none of this is worth anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, <laughs> That's the best way of putting it. None of this is, is worth, worth anything. anything. Uh, But she gets back and she's late for dinner and her hair, you know, is must. It's clear she's been outside and been like out adventuring. And we're hearing her father tell the story of how he lost his leg. So now we know that he lost his leg to Mordo and he's waiting, you know, for his revenge. And so he's telling the story to the boys uh, at the table and Merida kind of finishes it. It's obviously a story he tells many times. And then they go into how all the clans have accepted. Her mother gets these letters delivered. They send the boys away. But I love the interactions between the boys and her with the boys because you can tell like she's annoyed like at her younger siblings. But she also like oh, Merida, Merida. Merida. She also like gives them all the sweet rolls under the table. And like there's a lot of things she does that I think show she cares. Thank you for using the Skyrim term of sweet rolls. Oh, is that... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Um, um, I think it's interesting that like Fergus and Mer- Merida get along like gangbusters and he loves her so much. But like every time the boys do something, he's like, Ugh. like he, he yeah. doesn't, he obviously doesn't hate the boys, but you can tell he's like, God, like I got to go take care of this. And then like Eleanor, there's a few times where she just goes mm, and they like get in lo- like it's yeah. interesting the dynamic it's a, it's a fu- yeah it's an interesting dynamic but i think a dynamic a lot of families can relate to in one yes. way or another where you connect or listen more with one parent than you do the other mm-hmm. um but they send the boys away and then she it's clear that eleanor has tried to tell fergus he needs to talk to merida about the clans coming for like right. her betrothal and obviously he's procrastinated and not done it and then finally she's just like okay fine you're not going to do it I'm going to do it and she explains to her that all the clans have accepted it for her betrothal and they're to compete in games for her hand and of course Merida's not having this she storms off her mother comes in tells her the story of Birdo and how that story came to be um, and how marriage isn't the end of the world mm. she's like trying to get that across to Merida well, there's even there. Oh, it's when they separate the rooms. Yeah. So then they 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 storm. She storms off. Mm-hmm. They fight, and Merida storms off and runs runs out of the room. She starts what you call it mucking the horse, where it was like yes, or getting. That's what that's what, that the what they note said. Mucking, said, the mucking the out the mucking horse. Out. Well, that yeah. makes sense. Like cleaning, you're getting all the yeah. She's cleaning the stall of Angus, and I love how they shot this. I love this whole thing where it's like. Um, her and Fergus, Eleanor and Fergus, he's like, well, pretend I'm Merida. And his version of Merida, his impression is hilarious. But he's like, what would you say to her? Wait, it feels like Brie wants to do... I just was going to do a little bit of his impression yeah, that's of what I felt like. right I was like, ahead. Yeah. I don't want to get married. I want to ride through the woods and let my hair blow through the wind. I don't know if that's <laughs> He's like, I want to stay word. single. That's yes, what I like. It's so good. Uh, but it's both of them. Like, she's talking... Merida's talking to Angus and Eleanor's talking to Fergus. And they're both... But they need to talk to each Each other other, and they cut it back and forth as if they were talking Mm. to each other. And it's clear that like if both of them, they both end with if you just listen. So it's clear that both of them feel they're not being heard by the other one. That's one thing I like about this movie is it's 
Oh, oh, go ahead. Into the microphone. I was going to say, and they're not. Exactly. Yes, they're exactly. not talking yeah, to each yeah. other. And the, I like how you're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say anything. It's like, Brie, you're, you're a co-host. You're supposed we're, We brought you in here so you could talk. I know. And feel free to cut us off because he can edit it since we're all separate. I promise I'm not under duress here. <laughs> <laughs> you're enjoying. Why are you blinking so much? No one can see you. You're um, enjoying no. your time here. Um, I just, shoot. Oh, it, it, I was saying, um, I think, th- I like that this movie's about these two people meeting in the middle and not necessarily the mom being better about Merida or Merida coming to be like her mom. Like there's a compromise and they both, both of these people are on a journey to learn to be better people. That's something I've seen people criticize about more recent movies about parent child relationships is like a lot of the times I've heard people complain like, Oh, at the end of the day, the child has to change their ways because the parents right. And here it is. It's not like that. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I thought Merida had to do something, but it was also, I think, you know, like later when, when, uh, as they put it in the subtitles, Eleanor bear, (laughs) Which it feels like I would name like if I had a bear. If we, for some reason we ever had a bear, we need to name it Eleanor Bear. Yes. Anyway, um, like her, how her like she's like I'm completely, I can't take care of myself in some ways because I've always been on this one path and like you know there is something to being able to do things outdoors and like knowing which berries yeah. are poisonous and getting and fish exactly and, you know, yeah. just spending time with my daughter and all that stuff but yeah. I, I like that like i said i like that there was a, a spot in the middle they were getting to mm-hmm. and uh the clans all show up and i think we all decided who our favorite clan was but let's go around um it's dingwall macintosh and mcguffin it's it's interesting because i don't have a favorite clan like i have a, the, i like mac macintosh the leader with the paint mm-hmm. and the and i liked him but I liked I, I you can all tell that I have somewhat of a weird crush on the 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 MacGuffin boy. I have I like the MacGuffin boy as well. Yeah, oh, we all agree that I too. also like, like we Owen forced... Hunt, who's it's that actor's voice. Uh, yes, but if you, but like I said, the only problem with him is like I'd be like I don't know what you're saying, which I feel like in the back of my head, Brie, I'm hearing Travis go, "That's not an issue," but I don't want to go there anyway. Uh, um, uh, I also like Dingwall, <laughs> the the father, because he's so brash. I yeah. love when he just shows his kilt and flashes he, everyone. He, I just want to. I just want to focus back on the fact that Ryan has like an inner Travis. <laughs> I have inner friends, like sometimes. Yeah, like but that. that is funny. Um, but she realized. I need to know if Travis has an inner me. We need to figure out if there's some way. Travis, if you're listening to this, no, he will never tell me. He yeah. may not even admit it to himself. But there's part of me that wants to think. That's hilarious. Uh, so Merida hears her mother announce that the firstborn they're all to compete for her hand in the Highland Games, and this is where she gets this plan. And even though you know you might put it together as the viewer, she hasn't really explained it, but she's like archery, so she chooses archery. So it's yeah, clear she gets that to choose which event is the is, is the for event. her hand. Yeah, for her hand. And so, well, you didn't. T- did you talk about her stuffing her in the dress and how she like oh, walks no, like this? I didn't. Like, yeah, the whole time, and she can't sit down. Like she's very uncomfortable, yes. and her one curl comes out. I hate. Well, that she's got like a you medieval. Can't see her yeah, hair, yeah, yeah. but you, the whole time kept going like, I need her hair back. Her like, hair is so good. <laughs> All the hair in this is fantastic, but mm-hmm. her hair is great. Um, but uh, they all shoot you know, they're going to shoot for her hand. And she's like, I should be able to shoot for my own hand. She, so she doesn't just say that she's got her clan, like, 
tabard ready. Like yes. she is just like she comes I am out. competing. She's like, I'm the firstborn of, of this clan. Dunbrock? Is that her? Clan Dunbrock. I think that's what it I is. I think that's her I think that's them. Perhaps. Um, and she comes out and announces it and it shocks everyone and everyone's Mm -hmm. not sure what to make of it. She has to rip her dress to be able to shoot. You mentioned that at the top, like Mm -hmm. having to do that. She does a bullseye on all three arrows and on the third arrow that was hit with a bullseye, which did the MacGuffin boy? Dingwall. Dingwall, that's right. Because he kind of does it on accident. Yes. And then Fergus is like, oh, I hope you're going to, you're ready to. What, I hope you're okay with being called Lady Dingwall. Which yeah, like, he goes to say it, and then she cuts him off because yeah. she announces herself. Um, that third arrow, she splits the bullseye arrow, and that becomes her bullseye. And uh, her and her mother get in this huge fight, and her mother's like, you know, you've embarrassed the suitors, you've embarrassed us, like, you she, don't understand what you've done. What's the line that you said was improv that was so... Oh, it's like, it's not fire and ice, but it's like something in sword. Sword and fire. Sword fire and fire and come of this yes apparently emma thompson worked herself up into a motherly rage like i think before she started saying (laughs) the lines um from what i read and that was one that i think just came out but yeah it fits so well in there and they're both in this huge fight and the minute merida she takes her sword and she cuts the tapestry and that's when like something snaps in her mother. I mean, think of obviously all the hours it took her to make that, but also like, I think her mother is just at her breaking point. She throws her bow into the fire, which is obviously Merida's breaking point. And so Merida runs away. The mother immediately freaks out, pulls the bow out of the fire and starts sobbing, you know? And, uh, I think, I don't know. I think we've all had that experience, whether it's with a parental figure or with someone else where you have that kind of fight where you immediately regret something you've said or done, but it escalates because somebody hits a button and then you hit the button that you know, you know what I mean? You kind of go like tit for tat a little bit. I I see it more from Eleanor's perspective where it's like, all right, you little S like if you're going to do this, I'm going to do this. And then you're like, that was not, that was not what you should have done. But like you, you finally hit your breaking point and she like, each of them like hit where they were like, I can't take this anymore. I, uh, I thought was interesting. The making of, is they kept interviewing, like I said, they kept interviewing women throughout the whole thing that were working on the project. And it was funny to me that it wasn't like they all went, well, I associate with the mother. It was about a 50, 50 split of like, I see mm. where Merritt is coming from. Yeah. Being like, you know, and I wonder how many of like, I want to now break down where the people who said, I, I understand Merida are those daughters and then the ones that are saying yeah. I do Eleanor I were they mothers but I think that's a sign of a good movie and what they wanted to do here was like neither of them are wrong her I, mom yeah her mom's totally right they embarrassed the clan leaders they brought them out to laugh at them basically and like yeah you, to even, poke fun at them and it and also to like kind of spit in the face of tradition it's clear that it's a tradition that goes back yeah, that. Well, I mean, if you look at it like in a, like in a, a like you know like that Game of Thrones thing of like how what would have really happened is it probably would have immediately caused a war, right? Yeah. But even in modern times, I think Brie Bri is right. These people are embarrassed. Also, I want her to go. None of their wives are here, so no one is able to calm them down. So you got to be extra careful. I don't know yeah. why they don't bring their wives. Like yeah, this whole yeah, movie yeah, is yeah. like women, All like the men. yeah, and then yeah. Um, real quick, mm-hmm. I looked up Dingwall. Okay. And it, I said Scottish slang, and it took me to Urban Dictionary. Now, those of you who know Urban Dictionary know that this could be an interesting 
next conversation. Was, so the first one was, of course, a last name originated from ancient Scotland and Scandinavian Viking warrior clans. Okay. Okay. So the next one is a word that is so foul, I won't even describe what the word means uh, on, the, on the air. It's... <laughs> Really? Yes. Which I like. I, in in Scottish, they say that, or it's it's like slang, or just in art in, in, in it's urban dictionary, USA. so it could be BS. And then the third one, <clears throat> excuse me, what you call a person who pulls into the left lane and blocks the lane for a long period of time <laughs> by driving next to the vehicle in the right wing, could be also be just used to describe a driver who drives in the fast lane. Will you look at this effing dingwall? What a dingwall! Hey, dingwall, get past this dingwall! Watch out for that dingwall! <laughs> I, I just love the very descriptive, very like, specific. Because I know that's exactly the situation. Yeah. I might have heard that word in that situation. Yes, like yes. now I'm yes. like I understand. Like now I will one hundred percent use that word in a sentence. Uh huh. <laughs> this ding wall. Yeah, but uh, Meredith, you know, when she storms out, or Merida, excuse me, when she storms out, she runs into the woods with Angus, and she gets into this rock formation. That is it supposed to look like Stonehenge? I, it not not like Stonehenge, but it's definitely supposed to be like this ancient like yeah. It's those a things are of, so old like that yeah. even this ancient culture doesn't understand what they're yeah. For. And it's very a very mystical area. Lots of fog. Lots of you know. She keeps coming back to that area, the wisps and otherwise, and the horse gets spooked right. when he's here. I want to bring up when I went to Ireland uh, with my friend Blake, we mm-hmm. went to, uh, there were these islands, you go to the Dairy Islands, I believe they're called, maybe they're the Airy Islands. So anyway, there are these islands where you go on and it's like when you enter the place, you've raised the population by like 6%. Oh, like that's how few yeah. people, that's, that's, that's an overestimation. But it's but there's very like few people. Literally double digits live on these mm-hmm. islands. I feel but like w- it's like when we went to Italy and... Um Oh, uh, Murano, Murano and Murano, yeah, yeah. like very few people yeah. actually live on the islands. Most as Most people go most there, people go there a little for, bit, but even yeah. there, there's not a lot of people that work there. It's mostly just tourism because one of the things they have there is like the old, one of the oldest man-made, they had a very specific term. I don't think it was paleolithic, but it was like a something lithic. That was a time period man-made formation. And I saw these pictures and it's these rock formations that look very similar to what you see in this movie. And I was like, wow, we should go see them. And we get there. And just so you guys know, you at home won't be able to see this. They go up to about your shin. <laughs> I thought they, from the they picture I saw, towering. they were going to be towering yeah. like these. Yes, <laughs> yes, like, yes. And it was literally, I'm like, how does no one knock this over? Like it yeah. was, it was so ridiculous. Like how is this state? Like they really must take care of those things on the That's island. Funny, I it reminded me of when on our road trip we drove when we moved from Maryland to, to Texas, Henge. and one of the stops was Foamhenge, and it was a recreation of Stonehenge out of foam, and it was great. The other thing I remember about that was there was a description where it's it, it, it was joking. It was hard to find too. Like it, it was wasn't woods, it yeah, wasn't yeah. like a roadside stop with a bunch of signs. It was like you had to know it was there and like seek it out, which I thought was fun. There were two things I thought were really cool about it. One was, as you would see all these things that would give you information about Stonehenge and how it was like how they think Stonehenge got it there. And it was like real reason, real reason, real reason. And it was like a wax figure of Merlin like flying (laughs) on one. It's like, here's another example of what someone thought. And I'm like, okay. And then there was something, the way they wrote it was they were like, if you like Foamhidge, there's another recreation in England that is made out of stone. Like they said it like you didn't know what Stonehenge was. Mm -hmm. Like if you you wanted to see the same thing. I want to say, was it Virginia? It was in Virginia. Yes, It was in Virginia. Yeah. I was trying to remember where it was. Uh, 
but as she runs into the woods and she's in this the in the middle of this circle of this formation of rocks, she finds the witch and she finds the wisps that the lead wisps her to the wisps that yeah lead her to the witch, and she's a hot whittler of wood. The witch has so many good. I don't know that that's even how she says it, but she has so many good lines. She also has really great chin hair. She's great. I and love the way she's animated. Her hair is fantastic. Her, her animation, they made a big deal to make her feel very floaty and like kind mm-hmm. of almost like her bones and stuff were floating a little and her skull a little more stretchy and and, and, and and cartoonish than the other characters. Yeah, her, her eyes especially, mm-hmm. I feel like, were very different from the other style of animation with everybody else. Did you guys her, see any of the stuff we were looking out for? No, I think they I must all be in the background. You gotta have to Like when it. her broom, you know when her broom flies, not mm-hmm. when it hits the crow, but before that, I think a lot of the stuff is probably behind that broom, but it all happens so quick. I almost want to look it up and just look at screenshots. I did also forget I was looking for that stuff about halfway through that scene. Yeah, yeah. same, same, same. You I, get see, so into I the was scene. looking at for them, but I, I think there's so many. She has made so many different wood carvings of so many different things. I think they're just randomly placed in, it, in that. It feels very similar to Geppetto's workshop where yes. it's like you can look at all those clocks and mm-hmm. everything. And everything's so intricate. I love her crow i didn't I, see the light for a second and i had legitimate like uh, just a rush of it's adrenaline. recording right yes, okay, yes, yes, yes it's this little light right there okay i'm gonna let it shine okay. just <laughs> this little light right there <laughs> uh you can tell who went to church camp in this group. <laughs> uh the crow i love the crow i also the love that the very crow underrated talks. The crow dude. is the only animal that has like an actual like human voice that mm-hmm. speaks which spooks merida he's yeah. animated really well too have you seen there's a video that kind of started going around online of a guy playing like a little whistle with a crow on his knee and the crow will like sing air quotes along no. with him playing. no but we will find it and it's, put it up on the facebook page there's a there's a blog i follow that is called is the bird video cute and oh, I, spoiler I, I, alert it's not the best probably that crow is not being treated very well but oh that's a bummer. um it the crow in this movie moved a lot like that crow when he was like trying to sing along with the with the whistle well, i mean that's the thing when you watch any of the disney stuff it's either like two things they're very good at is going on vacation for wherever they're going to make a movie for yeah which i am getting to that point in when i watch these documentaries where i'm it feels like i'm watching someone's vacation photos i'm like okay we get it you went to peru you yeah, went to yeah, yeah, russia yeah, yeah, yeah. you went wherever this movie is filmed great congrats but i do feel like they're like here's what we did and i'm like i don't care like <laughs> i've seen so many of them yeah but they do that and the other thing is like looking at animals for actual reference yes uh and the witch now refers to herself as a woodcarver i love that she's just trying to be like no i've had too many unsatisfied customers this is what i do now i just carve these little things and i just want you to buy them like i'm a roadside like stand i just want you to buy my carvings absolutely and can we take a moment to like really appreciate someone that far that you know later in life making that dramatic of a career change and obviously doing very well she's able to after this take a vacation yeah well that's because merida buys her out is is what was it wasn't wicker man it was yeah the the wicker man festival was it called wicker somewhere man? yeah yes yeah mm, that's, that's but she buy she buys her out mm-hmm. like that's the idea she's like i will buy every one of these carvings well, and because you said it's a, i'm not meaning to dig down into the ridiculous of this but you did say it was a roadside stand there is no foot traffic in that area you have to be led there by <laughs> wits so she true. is trying to do the she's best she can the with best she a can. terrible location yes, yes. at a time before 
uh, internet traffic. <laughs> like this is a real. I really want to dig into the uh, uh, the, the, the business story. side. But she's got yeah. she's got like a her first uh, option on her. You know, press her, this number for this option is about mail. like weddings and events. Like she That's might a have point. a good. Oh, it was cake topper. She could make yeah, cake toppers. She's got, I think she's got a good side hustle going. Well, the other thing is 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 space for the the because she can double up that space. Because of the, when she mm, leaves when she and then she comes back it. in, it's a whole new room. She's like, don't whittle where you witchcraft or whatever yes, it's called. Yes, I love when she I says mean, that's, that. I mean, that's, you're getting two, um, like twice the floor space for the price of one. Mm-hmm. Uh, assuming she's renting or leasing as a, anyway, sorry. I think Just she owns the cottage, but. Uh, <laughs> but not anymore. Well, yeah, not anymore, but. um. Merida gives her what appears to be a family heirloom, and I think I wrote a fact that the mother is wearing that necklace at some point. I think that used and to be a in, bigger part of yeah, the story. Yeah, it might have been in the beginning of the film, and I don't know that they kept that in, but yeah, I think it was a bigger plot yeah. point that it was clearly something that was passed down, and she gives it away, not thinking anything of it. Because I think originally, like, the reason she was turned into a bear, it was like, you know, like, she goes, her dad was known as the Bear King, mm. and I think that was the, like, I want my mother to be more like my father I and see. then she's like oh like the bear king and then it's yeah. like this is how and we're we really do don't go into any of that she just no. keeps talking about how to change her i just fate. want her to change yeah well th- the witch says i can do something to change your fate and she goes well if you change my mother you'll change my fate that's mm-hmm. kind of how they tie that together which later Bree's like did you poison her i'm like that'll change your f- like like yeah that's true yeah it's but, the dark version of this but it's also you you show up to her hut and it's exclusively bear carving it is all bear things yes and and yeah I think that's signs for us the viewer but it's signs for Merida that she's not seeing because she's just so fixated on like I have to change my mother so I don't have to be married but the witch mentions the last time I did this it was for a prince like she casually says that and it just goes right over Merida's head there she shows a wooden ring that is the symbol that that you see on the hinge now that's a full on hinge yeah Uh, later so yes so she she makes this magical cake for her and that's where I wrote the bird is hilarious but like that whole scene when she's like making a potion and then she disappears which completely gone and she says she'll get her carvings and well, we never see those carvings delivered hold to on Merida. she doesn't disappear it's when she leaves she turns around and she's back in the oh, circle that's right because that's, right. that's the same thing that happens when they go to Mordu's empire is the wisps kind of have this ability to take to tr- you somewhere to take you back to that where you saw right. them the first time yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because that's the thing I find interesting the witch is not the one like guiding this destiny the witch is just another player in the story yeah, the wisps, the wisps have taken are like her to we're the going witch. to change your life yeah. yeah I thought that was interesting so the mother is um, she's so worried the queen is so worried yes. when Merida comes back and she's so relieved and that surprises Merida at first mm-hmm. and then she says you know I've pacified them your father's entertaining them but you still have a decision to be made and that's when Merida's like oh she's not changing her mind I need to go ahead and feed her this cake and so she made this cake for her and the mother takes a bite and describes it and it sounds awful it's like tart, tart but, but gamey, gamey. Uh, which would imply like rhubarb and duck or yeah, something. I don't know. but she feels awful and she's like can you take me to my room and then this is where she turns into a bear and all of the animation when she's the mother but she's the bear and standing on hind legs and the way that she holds her hands and like how she puts her crown on her head it was a lot of comedy a lot of good like movement we've talked in the past about how they do siege I think we have on this on this podcast it's definitely something I've talked about just because Boy, that sentence was about to sound really conceited because I know this is what I was going to say. <laughs> but like the idea of how they build um, 
uh, CG characters is they actually build musculature under skin. Mm, so yeah, that we it have looks, mentioned this. Yeah. I feel like we talked about it a lot in Dinosaur. Yes. So they did a lot of that with this bear, which is why it seems like because they're like bears are all like there's a lot of fat under there that's kind of moving around. And that's a, a lot of, I think, why it was such an interesting animation. And then they would go, okay, we figured that all out. Now let's make her walk around like a, like, yeah. like she's trying to still be the queen. And I thought that was... But it's, it still looked like a, they were... You know, it's the closest it feels like you could get to taking a real bear and teaching them to do all this stuff. Yeah. One of my favorite lines that Merida says is, that scaffy witch gave me a gammy spell. <laughs> she has a lot of good lines like that, but... Um, it's a fun movie to watch with subtitles. Yes. Uh, but she's like... I wanted her to change you. And this is where the mother realizes what Merida has done, that it was Merida who did this. And she's like, no, it's the witch's fault. It's not my fault. And the mother puts the crown on her head as the bear. And then the boys, there's this whole, it's a real physical sequence, but this whole sequence where she asks the boys, you have to get us out of the castle without anybody seeing us. So the boys cause this whole distraction. Because Fergus starts like hearing it and smelling it. Cause that's when they say he's the bear King. And I think that's the one like, Leftover, leftover is the idea. Is he's not the bear king. He's like he's it, like he's into like hunting bears because, because of, of Mordo. Mordo. Yeah. yeah, he's he's. I Mor- think he's Mordo is Mordo. the French version of Mordo. I think he's convinced that the bear is going to come back and get revenge on him. So he's always on like high alert. And so as he's telling this story to entertain the clans, he starts hearing stuff, he starts smelling stuff, and he goes on this hunt for the bear in the castle. And the boys make shadows that look like a bear. And then this is where, is it Maudie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Maudie, do we want to talk about her now, about the way she's designed? I mean... We don't have to. I, I, I don't know, because I don't want to be like, I guess the opposite of sex positive is sex negative. But like... I just, she's too busty for this movie. And then by the end, it's, be, and I, I wasn't saying much until later she hides a key like in her cleavage. And then there's a spot where the boys like dive into there's it to get it back. There's an action shot where we see it from the boys point POV. of view. Yeah. yeah. That shot was too much. I think if and that was taken right out. In. And I'm yeah. like, this is a little, like, I, I don't know. It didn't feel, sometimes you see characters like that and it feels like, ah, a woman designed this character to look, you know. To, to, to be proud of their body and then there's ones where it looks like a dude is designing this character to be like ooh look cleavage is out and it's bouncing around and she's hiding a key in it and I'm like no thank you like I'm not into this yeah I don't know so I'd like to hear you guys either enforce my opinion or tell me I'm a misogynist jerk those are the only two I mean, options I, you can yeah. do I agree that when you're like the because they have it from the kid's point of view when yes. he's diving like into the cl- yeah and it's it's, it's a bit uncomfortable. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't think I have an opinion one way or the other about whether she was poorly designed as a character. But I think the way that that design was used was a little That's uncomfortable. That's a very good point. That's yes. what I would agree with, Bree. I didn't. When you were first mentioning it, I was like, oh, she doesn't bother me. She doesn't not bother me. Like I, I didn't have an opinion one way or the other. And you were saying it right before that POV scene happened, and then I was like, okay, I have a problem with that. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I, scene. I feel like I felt that like that's where it was cut. going, and that if could, it didn't. That could have been just cut out, and you could have just seen the bear jump to go to her, and then he has the key in the next scene. Like I you thought don't her need... hiding it there is also yeah. like you're drawing attention. To... I also think, and, and this might be one step too far, I think they were animating her to where they were very bouncy and almost like coming out of her, out of her shirt, like which is like I mean that's a choice. Like you can choose to. An- it's a choice, but 
that would happen. Right, but the other jiggly characters in this movie weren't animated to be like, and their breasts are coming. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no, I agree. I understand I just... that boobs bounce. Trust me. <laughs> but what I'm saying is I feel like when choosing to devote time, animation, Fair and enough. physics to yeah. that is a choice, not a just filming someone, right? Yeah. So that's when I was like, this feels like it's heading in a direction. And again, I'm talking about an arc that's like just as it's going to that place. And I was like, that's why I was like, I don't know if I want to say anything because maybe that that's it. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using my own male gaze to see this. But, but, yeah. but where it ends up, I go, okay, I think I was right in that there was yeah. some choices made I don't appreciate with this character. Yeah. But she sees the bear first. No one else sees the bear. And that, confirms to the clans and to Fergus that the bear is in the castle. So it's I like, love that Fergus is right, though. Like, they're like, oh, yeah. another wild, crazy... But, like, he does smell the bear. Exactly. He was it. he was right. Yeah, they get to the top of the castle and they're like, of course there wasn't a bear in the castle. And it's like, well, he was right. Yeah. He just didn't see it. Uh, well, but excuse this, me, lady. I'm so sorry. But this whole sequence, when they're trying to leave... There's a lot of comedy bits of the mom not knowing how to behave like the the mom like awkwardly like going from room to room knocking stuff over. That's how Meredith knows where her mom has been because furniture's knocked over. But the one scene that all grossed all three of us out was the three boys are standing there and the one has snot come out of his nose and then he sniffs it back up. And I I hate that. Kids snot is gross. No, I just hate that out and then back in. That's kids snot is gross in general to me. Uh, but that's when the boys see the magic cake and then it cuts to the empty. It, you know, then we're done with that scene. So that gives you the hint that we've seen the boys eat all these sweet treats up until this point. We know that the boys are going to eat that cake and what's going to happen to them. Um, but they go back out into the woods. She tries to find the cottage. She's so proud of herself for finding it on her own because the wisps don't show back up. The cottage is empty. But then the Rue Goldberg. Rube. Rube. Thank you. The Rube Goldberg kind of machine the witch has this whole thing set up and it's her answering machine yeah, yeah. And it becomes her answering machine it's a cauldron it starts bubbling it has this voicemail what Bree said you know yeah she makes the wedding toppers she does parties she does all these things she goes if you're the girl was it with the red hair yeah do the third well it's interesting because they you said have to it, pour a vial in for each number this is an interesting thing i feel like only like someone who has designed something because they go if it's if it's the if you want this, put the first violin. If you want this, put the second violin. If you want this, put the third. If you're the girl, put the third violin. You notice there were five because she never says starting from the left or the right. So how would she know? Oh. So to me, someone did, made that statement goes, we'll put five in there so it doesn't matter if she starts from the right or the left. Interesting. That, that's just me as someone as a creative. Like, like who's you designed things and, and, got, and like, trying to lead the player to the right thing. Well, and you can't change the dialogue because it's already recorded. Yeah. <laughs> that, Interesting. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, so she pours it in and this is where she says she won't be back till spring, but there's something she forgot to mention. Um, you know, by the second sunrise, it's permanent. Your mother will become a bear. And so she, the the thing that she has Merida remember is fate be changed, look inside, mend the bond born by pride. So that's what she has to remember. And I love that her business is called the Crafty Corner. She's got like crafty so, carver. Crafty carver, that's it. Sorry, uh, the crafty carver. She's got so. I'm many telling good... you, she's got a lot going for her. I think her house being destroyed after this, when they're trying, it's going to set her back. Yeah, I, no, I think it's actually going to convince her to maybe move to a more high traffic area. 
Uh, I hope she has insurance. Right? Yeah. I mean, she's made so many other good decisions. I'm willing to believe she's she's insured herself. Because again, complete, uh, you know, change in her lifestyle, change in her whole entire you know work for like she was she was a witch now she's a carver late in life like that's not an easy thing to do yeah and she's been around forever because she was there with the ancient story of the prince right right right. Mm. uh but now it's raining the mom's upset uh no learning this news obviously and they're kind of sheltered by rubble merida kind of covers her and then she thinks back to when she was little when there was a thunderstorm and this is where we kind of hear a little bit of the lullaby that the mom sings to her as she's little and you know trying to calm her from the storm and then the next day i love this whole sequence when merida gets up her mother's already been up. She set the table as the bear. Well, she's made she's a table, made, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, she's like, set, set this table. She's still annoyed that she put her bow on the table, so they're trying to figure each other out because the mother doesn't speak. She just growls like a bear, so mm-hmm. it's a lot of charades and pantomiming and things. And then she's so proud of herself with the berries, and she's eating the berries, and Merida asks where she got them from, and she's like, those are nightshade berries. Those are poisonous. That water has worms in it. Like, yeah. come with me. I'll show you where you can get food. And so she hunts for her at first and shoots the salmon with a bow and arrow, which I think is very impressive. Well, and then she keeps eating more and more of the salmon. We do want to point out that salmon is local to Scotland. Yes, That's a we question looked it we up. asked. They actually called uh, it's it's their number one fish, and it's they're called the Atlantic salmon. Atlantic salmon are called the king of fish in Scotland. Mm. Uh, but yeah, wake up, wake up. Now that now that I've finished, you can wake up. We'll listen to the story again. Come on, yes. I'm just be talking to the listeners. It's time to wake up. I know that was a boring fact, <laughs> but uh, she doesn't want to eat it raw, and so Merida cooks it for her. And then her, she's finally like, "No, you have to learn to go catch your own fish. Like if you're still hungry, like now it's your turn." And so it's this whole sequence. I love when the mom, as the bear, just opens her mouth, hoping a salmon will just jump in, and it does, and then it startles. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny. I don't know if you guys have any favorite moments from that sequence because there's a lot that happens as like she's no, I mean it's teaching a, it's, her. It's it's you know a classic Disney like humor. Yeah, just, but there is that good moment humor. where when Merida first shoots the fish with the bow and arrow, her mom claps and is so proud of her. And then Merida kind of makes that comment that's like, oh, well, I didn't think a princess needed a bow for anything. Yeah, she's a little snot. Mm. Uh, so then, uh, as they're doing it, Eleanor eats a raw fish yes. and starts just walking away. And Merida's like, well, that's weird. Starts following her. She leaves her crown behind, yes. doesn't even pay attention. That, and for all intents and purposes, that crown stays in the forest. Yeah, never hopefully see it again. the witch finds it on her way to w- Wicker Man. Yeah. And, you know. Do you think Wicker Man's like Burning Man? I think it was supposed Wicker- to be. But there's also a horror movie called Wicker Man. Oh, so, like, that's okay. like a very famous folk horror movie I see. like that okay have you ever seen the thing with nick cage where he's like ah oh, not the bees not the bees no. ever, it's it's a it's they remade it with nicholas cage and it's a horrible remake mm. but like yeah okay uh but yes her eyes start to change her anatomy like how she holds herself starts to change the mother as the bear and she's becoming more and more of a bear on the inside as much as she looks like one on the outside she keeps having moments where yeah she she just does bearish stuff and they do a really good job of her eyes look very human when she's at but they don't make her have like a lot of human human features mm-hmm. like it looks the same except for the eyes essentially and then just how she carries herself which is very cool animation yeah and so the wisps show back up and then this is where i wrote wisps are real but you've already talked about that um 
and it brings I them. I love that you were like, I just wanted everyone to know that I pay attention and take notes. No, that. it's just that's what I write down. I write down those types of things. Uh, but we, it brings them to the rubble. It brings them to the castle, the kingdom with the prince, with essentially who became Mordo, and. This is when Merida puts it all together. Mordu. Am I saying Mordo? <laughs> when you say Mordo, like it, it sounds like M O R. It's just, yeah, like D E A U X. Yeah, Mordu. Mordu. I'm Mordu. so sorry. Mordu. I guess I just have it in my head as that, and it's just mm-hmm. there. Um, Tara wants some wine. I She's guess that must Mordo. be it. Uh, but this is where Merida realizes that the spell has happened before. Prince is the one who's changed into the bear and then he winds up being there and chasing her. Well, there's that shot when she touches like the stonework where the stone's been split in half, similar to how her tapestry, tapestry was has, split. where it shows the prince and he looks at her and he has Mordu's head for a second. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, it flashes. Like it happens real quick. And I was like, did you see it, Brie? Like she has a vision of the prince. And when he looks at her, it's Mordu's I don't, head. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I, I, I hope I'm not making it up. I, I was, I was really like, it wasn't scary, but it was definitely like, oh. Like, like in I, the stone? No, she has a vision. And sees the prince. Okay. Are you going to look it up? Yeah. Your phone's on. The, you, <laughs> no, I'm going to. We got the whole thing right oh, here. Oh, okay. All right. Do you want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay. So the mom winds up saving her. Like Merida jumps to the mom, jumps up, and she rides away on her mom's back, kind of like how she does with Angus. And they're now back in the circle of stones again. And Merida thinks that the message is they have to mend the tapestry, that that must be, you know, after seeing the stone split, that must be what the witch was talking about. And so now they have to figure out how to sneak back into the castle. Uh, And so now there's like this whole sequence of like trying to get back into the castle. But well, you guys are just gonna have to believe me because something's going on with Disney yeah. Plus. So we'll take a look at that later, and I'll if I can find oh, a clip of it. Well, I'll post YouTube it. is popping up now. YouTube, uh, guys, I'm so sorry for all this. <laughs> My gosh, but the alliance over this means war. What does that mean? Oh, it's when all the clans are talking. Yeah, well, when they go back in, they're all like, they've taken sides and they're literally like shooting arrows at each other. Yeah, at this they're point. all fighting because they want an, an announcement to be made. Like, this who's isn't fair. Who's she going to marry? And the mother's basically like, I can't do this. You need to do this because I'm a bear. Like, then, I can't stand in front of them and well, talk. It, I'm a bear. It's also, it's also Merida, like, you need to do a distraction so I can get up the stairs. Yes. So Merida starts like kind of trying, do, you know, she tells everyone to shut it which is kind of her father but she's also commanding the room like her mother and she says legends are lessons our kingdom is young and she goes into this whole story and then she kind of like and Eleanor is like, is like I don't very know what proud to s- of her but then she's like I don't know what to say and then yeah Eleanor is very proud of her and well, then she, she- she's about to say that she's going to pick a suit or she's like yeah I've been very selfish so I'm gonna have to make a choice and then Eleanor's like no don't do it and starts and doing this is all charades charades which Bree's like I would have no idea I can't one of the things I cannot do is interpret nonverbal communication <laughs> <laughs> I I just like the idea but I think yeah, with me I can interpret Ryan's but like anybody's I'm yeah, kind of so with you it's be much with harder one person for 10 years and then and it'll, it'll be, be fine yeah, yeah. No big deal. Um, uh, she, but she goes 
she's like, it's important. We're a new kingdom, so we have to go our own way. And I'm going to break with tradition. I'm doing the symbols myself. But she's like, I've torn a great rift in the kingdom. So I think we need to let the young people choose who they want to love. And you see the adults be like, I don't like this. But then all their kids are like, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it wasn't my decision to come here. But I like that she says, follow our own hearts, write our own story, find Mm -hmm. love in our own time. Like those are the lines that were really powerful that then also get to her mom that she like and then get to Merida to be like, you finally heard me. And I think Eleanor is also proud of her because she has commanded the room and is yeah being the diplomat mm-hmm. but she started doing that using her father's phrase shut it yeah oh yeah that's right um but this is the other funny part too is every time somebody looks back at the mom she pretends to be the stuffed bear yes which is just a funny bit and then the mom changes again here they they she's when she goes upstairs yeah she goes upstairs Merida does the distraction, go to the cellar, everybody go drink to celebrate this, to get them all yes. out of there, and they get up to her room, and when she's up in the room, the mother turns into like more of a bear right. here. And Fergus goes upstairs to talk to Eleanor and be like, you'll never believe what Merida did, and she goes and he goes and he finds he's the so room. He's so proud of his daughter. Yes. Yeah. He goes and he finds the room destroyed, and he's- And the dress is ripped. So he thinks a bear has killed her or dragged her off or whatever. Yeah. And then he goes in to find Merida, and there's- the bear in there act there's mum bear eleanor bear in there acting like a bear and she swipes that she, she swipes merida she knocks fergus over and then i think she changes back she and like comes runs to out and realize she sees what she's done and she freaks out merida's like i'm fine i'm not hurt don't yeah. worry about it and she freaks out and she runs away so fergus locks merida in the thing to keep her from getting hurt and to avenge her mother yes because he thinks and She's died. The mom like appears in front of the clan leaders and then it becomes a big chase. I'll- yeah. And this is where we see the brothers as bears. Yes. When they all get to the circle of rocks again, I think the, the, the boys show up. Well, first the boys, no, the boys help her get out because oh, they get the right. key. Remember it's yes. buried deep oh. in the bosom yes, of Yes, that's right. I've already forgotten about that part. Yes. And that's when at the rocks, Fergus catches up with Eleanor and like ties her down. He's going to kill her. And she stands in front of them and says, I won't allow you to kill my mother. Like, attacks her dad. Not to hurt him, like, cuts his fake foot so he falls down. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. Like, it's a really good scene of, like, I can't hurt you, but I will not let you do this. Yeah. And even just she takes the sword from another clan. Like, she does all yes. these things. This is the moment in the making of, they're like, this is where she's actually brave and not just headstrong. Because yeah. she's like... She might have to do something to her dad she doesn't want to do. She's trying to keep her mom, you know. She's trying to keep her mom safe, yeah. Yeah. And this is when he realizes, oh, that is my wife. Because the boys show up and she calls them boys and he looks down and sees that they're bear cubs. And then Mordu shows up. Yes. I like Mordu. I like, he's a He's, he's like Jaws. He's like the, the shark. He's like a cool monster. Yeah. And so they've, the mom is tied up at this point as the bear. So yes. she's restrained. Oh, not for long. Cause you get mama bear coming that's out. What I, yeah. So I wanted to mention that, but also on her way on Merida's way to try to save her mom, she's mending the tapestry. So yes. she's also sewing the tapestry while she's on Angus. And, um, the mom, yeah, goes all mama bear, breaks the ropes, and goes after And I love that Mordu. she gets a fight scene. Like, yes. it's not just Fergus yeah. beating Mordu. It's the yeah. mom protecting her kid. And, like, knocks him up against one of the rocks until the rocks break. And then, like, 
it falls on Mordu. Well, and Bree, you were mentioning that it got really dark there. Yeah. Yeah, like when she's trying to knock him against the rock and she realizes like, I've got him and I can't let him go and she just keeps banging on him over and yeah. over and over. It's desperate and it's dark and it's it's scary. It's, it's a big fight. It's like real fight. It's not like, yeah. aha, you know, like it's, a like, it's not bit, Peter Pan and Hook. It's like I you said, it's Tarzan. Like, it's, yeah, it's Tarzan and also Simba and Scar, but yeah. even more intense well, it's than animalistic. Simba and Scar. It's, yeah. it's two animals. Like she looks like she doesn't really want to be doing it. Like she's desperate to do it, but it is very like... I have this strength. I have to knock him against their yeah. like, you know. Yeah, well, because they, I know that they're not going to be able to hurt him. Like, I can hurt him, but they can't. So it crushes Mordu. Yeah, it crushes me. No, um, and... And, <laughs> and uh, the prince turns into he, a wisp and kind of gives them a nod of thanks. I think, well, I think because it's a tragic story. Like, Mordu is 100% the bad guy. Yeah. But it's kind of like they do this thing of dividing up, like, the prince and the curse. Yeah. Because similarly, like... This this whole Mordu thing is a couple steps off from the beast. Well, we also yeah. see like we we see these moments where her mom turns more bear like and she's pulled back out of it because of Merida. But if Mordu was starting to turn more bear like on his he own, he didn't have anyone. To yeah, help him. have anybody to yeah, yeah to bring him back and to remind him like who he was before he turned into the bear. Um, and so as he disappears, the second sunrise comes up and the mom's still a bear and her eyes start to change to this, become more of a bear. This is where no, I she's started full getting, on a bear. She's yeah. not permanently a bear, but she's full on a bear here. And this is where Meredith starts like apologizing and saying, I love you and all that. Yeah. But the fact that she's doing it to that kind of slack jawed bear look and the bear like oh. having no recollection of who yeah. she is it's not yeah. like this like mom please don't go she didn't get to say bye to her mom her mom's gone yeah, yeah. she's 100 percent sure that it's over and i yeah. am getting worked up right now just thinking about it yeah am, it's a really emotional I am scene telling you i, I yeah used to say it's this over to my father all the time fault. yes yeah it's like as uh, I, I again i know you made fun of me for saying this because i'm getting older and there's something that happens with the balance of I didn't things make fun of you i just feel like you really like just went into it in one episode about i did a little testosterone bit it's level. a testosterone level issue i think it's something about getting older and like something with uh, hormones where there's a lot of men who as they get older you see them cry at stuff it happened to my dad it's gonna happen it happens to me it's gonna it's 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 nothing nothing but worse where i'm gonna be watching like a nice shot in a golf game and i'm gonna be like that was a good putt like it's gonna get real bad in a few years i'm telling you right now uh but good news listeners her mother changes <laughs> back and Fergus kisses her. I love that he like dips her and kisses her. He's so excited that she's back. Again, we really see how much he loves her. Yeah, when she said at the beginning, like, oh, even I had reservations about our marriage. You can tell in his face, like, no, he loved her from the yeah, moment Yeah, he's like, one. what do you mean? Yeah. He feels betrayed by that comment. Yeah. Um, and it cuts to them making a new tapestry. And we talked about how this new tapestry is designed versus the old one. And the old one... Merida and her mom are not looking at each other. Merida's hair is all pulled back. It's not like how we know her to be. And in the new one, her mom's hair is down and not pulled back. Merida's hair is her wild curls and they're looking at each other. Um, so it, there's there's that symbolism within the tapestries. They are saying goodbye to the clans as they all leave. And it ends with Merida and her mom riding horses. And we get some good Merida's mom hair. Yeah, her hair is like flowing and then it ends with narration Merida talking over it and mm -hmm. the wisp and that's kind of that's the end of the movie
Hello, hello, fairy tale friends. Uh, so, uh, it, it, through the power of editing, you should see nothing at all should happen. But uh, we it's had so- an interesting oh, situation here uh, at uh, Studio J, where uh, uh, there was a fire. Not in the studio. Don't worry. <laughs> Everyone is fine. Everyone is fine. But there was a uh, a big uh, 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 brush fire near where Bree lived, and so she had to leave. So we didn't get a chance to kind of answer the questions and uh, rank the villains. So we're gonna do that real quick. Bree, can you say something to let the people know that everything's fine? <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Bree's back. She we're, we're we're finishing this up uh, over uh, a Google Meet call. So yeah. So, all right. So, uh, first off, uh, Princess, how did we all feel about Merida? I think. If I recall. <laughs> it's been. So, for you, it's, it's been, been mere moments, yes, Fairytale Friends. Us, it has it's been, been weeks. weeks. But I feel like we gushed about her throughout. I love her independence, and I loved how she's not your typical Disney princess. And I think that's what really endeared her to me. What did you think, Brie? Yeah. I mean, um, I, I kind of remember talking a little bit about her where it was kind of like when I saw her first, it, I was like, oh, I want to be like her. Like this is, I identify with this Disney princess in a way that I usually don't in other Disney princesses. Like, oh, she's cool. She doesn't want to follow these strict mm-hmm. norms that wants to just go run and shoot and play and uh I really enjoyed her. Yeah. I think her and Mulan would be very good friends. I think so too, yeah. Um, she gives me very like kind of in that I think Mulan is still my my industry standard for the the physically butt kicky princesses, but mm. Merida is like a close close second. Yeah. Um loved her a lot. Uh how is the prince? I think the prince in this is Eleanor her mom. Mm. R- right? Like that's the main emotional the other characters got emotional and I I don't think this is the best role for Emma Thompson, but man, I really liked Eleanor. Yeah, I thought there were a lot of moments that I feel like you could relate to in a parental relationship that, you know, they really like I love the scene and I, I believe we talked about it where mm-hmm. they should have been talking to one another, but they weren't. She was talking to her horse and the mom was talking to the king yes and they were saying what they truly thought and really they should have been talking to one another and it was all about you know how neither one of them listened to what to each other right and i think that's a very relatable moment i liked and i liked that it wasn't a love story in the traditional sense when we think disney princess like it was more about their relationship than Mm -hmm. like a romantic relationship brie i like how eleanor is not like from Merida's point of view, especially when it's that conversation that's not a conversation, yeah, uh, where Merida kind of feels kind of oppressed by her mom, like, oh, there, she wants me to be this and do this and all that. But we do actually get to see in the movie the reasons for that. Like, Eleanor is not just this figure that it that Merida has to rebel against. She's also kind of trying to hold together her clan and keep the men in line, basically, yeah. <laughs> from a war with each other. I love her. I think she's great. Yeah. Agreed. Um, how are the sidekicks and henchmen? Uh, I think the sidekicks in this are like Mackenzie and Dig- Dingwall and everybody, but also the boys and King Fergus. King Fergus, mm. I believe we talked about this in the top four of Disney daddies who can oh, get yes, it. Oh, yes. On the, on the Facebook page. Let's, let's, I, King Fergus is great. He's wonderful in this. He's so much fun. It's... 
it's great that him and Merida have such a very tight relationship and then they focus on the other half of it, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's the healing of the mother-daughter relationship, but it's not at the expense of the father-daughter relationship. Like they've got a good relationship, it's set, it's 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 good, and then we fix this one. And mm. I like I like Fergus a lot. Yeah. Bree, what do you think? I also and you can talk about Fergus. other people other than Fergus if you want. <laughs> Fergus is really fun. I love um I know I guess they they don't really get a chance to cuz the movie's not about them but I think the triplets could have like lines. Mm-hmm. Um but I just I mean all the clan leaders are perfect and great and hilarious. Yes. I think there's a lot of really good side characters in this. And their sons and their sons are Yeah, fun. there was a lot of thought put into how they were going to present each clan and you can kind of identify who belongs with what clan as you watch the movie you Mm kind of know who's with who and i yeah i agree with you guys about king fergus he was great um favorite hold on i haven't done this in a while favorite musical number uh there's not really a lot well there's that lullaby there's a lullaby and touch the sky is the song at the beginning yeah Uh, i like that a lot there's a more do song song. but it's kind of in the (laughs) background like the the king is singing it when they come back. I almost said come back from commercial. That's not what happens. It's like they return to the scene and he's kind of singing it to the clans. And it's, I don't know, it's the villain song, but it's like you can get the whole song on the album, but it's not really like mm. featured in the movie, which is weird. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Touch the Sky because it was just a beautiful little song. I really like the lullaby a lot. It's mm-hmm. really sweet. Um, oh, did you did you pick yours? Oh, no, no, yeah, but I was going to say the lullaby was mine just because it's actually in Scottish Gaelic, which is, oh, right, I think, right. really cool of Disney to do. It's not it's not the first movie that they've had a song in the traditional language of the place it's set, but every time they do it, it's just wonderful to me. I do mm-hmm. feel like it would easy for, be easy for them to say, like, English is the traditional language, and for them to recognize that it's not is kind of a big, cool deal. Uh, does it hold up? Uh, guns and firearms, of course. We know there's there's some intense moments with uh, Mordu, I think. Uh, drinking, smoking. Do we remember any smoking in it? Or, or drinking? Like, drink, I mean, they're all... They talk about going down to the wine cellar. and So I think like oh, all yeah, the Klansmen yeah. and stuff are there. I don't think it's anything too wild, but it is, it is kind of there because they're there for a party, yeah. essentially. There's a lot of like drunken behavior, but you don't think it's because they're drunk. You think it's just because they're a bunch of Scotsmen. Yes. yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and then there's ethnic representation, which is, I mean, it's telling a tale. It's it more so, I think, than some of the ones we say where it's like, well, Rapunzel said in this fake Bavaria, this is Scotland. Like, yes. this is specific. This is so, they did so much work on the. And they focused on the dialects a bit more with this as well. Not only who they cast, but. Yes. How it was represented. It wasn't just like, oh, we're going to pick a white country and say that's what we're doing. It's this was specifically Scotland. So I this is one of the ones I give a little bit of a pass on the all white cast this late in the game because they did so much of a of a very specific time and place, I think. Um, but the big one is female uh, agency, which I have an opinion on, but I'd like to hear y'all's opinion a little bit more. I don't remember any instances where I thought there were any marks against a representation of female agency in the movie. I, I mean, the main characters are female. The main relationship is a female mm-hmm. mother daughter relationship. Um, 
both are very different characters with different motivations and different experiences. And I think it's cool. It's been a while since I watched it and I don't have a very long memory for movies, Mm. but um, I I think it was good. Tara, do you? Yeah, I'm kind of similar with the long memory (laughs) piece because it has been a while since we've watched it, but I felt good in the moment watching it and I really liked... For me, it was her independence and her confidence. She's, you know, that's not what she struggles with. She's very true to herself. It's more struggling with her being true to herself causes anguish and frustration and difficulty with her mother. And it's because they're not talking through why these things are important to her, why it's important for her to choose a suitor versus being set up with one, why it's important for her to go hunt versus, you know, be dressed up and and be in the kingdom all day. I I think I, I mean, it would have been cool to see more female characters in this because there's like three major ones it's like the I mom think we the did daughter talk about like where are the the women from the, yeah, other, from clans? the other clans like they all like, stayed home yeah to me i'd love to see brave two is the revolution that merida like the, the social revolution that merida has started mm-hmm. is the next time they come over maybe the warriors of the clans are male and female or maybe it's all the women gather together the women and then come the men, and they're the like men let's come talk later yeah. yeah and i but i think the point of this was to show these two kind of being walled in by a world of men like that mm-hmm. was what was they were that's not specifically but one of the things they could relate to despite having very different personalities is the fact that they were trying to do things in a world of men and Merida's way was to kind of do the manly things regardless of her gender and Eleanor's way was to do what's expected of her but in the most efficient the the most um I don't want to say what's the word I'm like effective way effective yeah yeah. well and I also think Eleanor thought she was setting her daughter up for success she was trying to have her walk in her footsteps because that's the only way that she saw it going for her. Right. So she was trying to prepare her in the only way she knew how. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, So now, uh, fairy tale friends, uh, we are going to, uh, you know, remind everyone here about the uh, villains rating system. And we're gonna have a short message here reminding you about the villains ranking system. And uh, we will be back to rank more do. The Infallible Scientific Villains Ranking was designed and created by top scientists working together to establish the perfect method of devising a villain's relative knavery, cunning, and vileness. Each evildoer is judged in seven categories on a scale of one to five. The averages of each category are added up and the resulting villain ranking tells us exactly where each 'er ne'er-do-well belongs. Whether it's at the top with our queen Ursula or at the bottom with Aconcagua, the grumpy mountain of Saludos Amigos. Here are the seven categories. Number one, frightening. How scary is this villain? Number two, funny. How often did this villain make you laugh? Number three, fierce. How much attitude, sass, and sense of style does this villain have? Number four, effective. How grand was their evil plan and how well did they execute it? Number five, design. How awesome does this villain look? Number six, go away heat. How much did you honestly hate this villain and want them to be off your screen as quickly as possible? And number seven, yes factor. Whenever Tara sees a villain she loves first appear on screen, she says, Yes! How often did you find yourself missing this villain's presence when they weren't on screen? Follow along at home and let us know your own villain scores. And now back to the podcast. We are back. 
Uh, to be honest, we watched a little bit of the movie again. We watched the Mordu fight at the end just to kind of remind us a little bit about this villain. But now we are going to be doing the infallible scientific villain ranking for Mordu. Frightening. I think he's he's very ominous for a while because we hear the story uh, from King Fergus. We know mm-hmm. he's lost a leg. I don't know. I think he's between a three or a four for me. I don't know how you feel. He's definitely a four. I, I might be pushing to five. I think he's. I think he's scary. A big scary. Yeah, I think I'm gonna think I'm gonna go with a four. Yeah. What do you think, Bree? I'm between four and five. I think I'm trying to remember when I first saw this movie and I didn't know what was up. And he's talked about and talked about mm-hmm. and talked about and. Then when it finally comes, it's not disappointing. Uh, he, when he, when you see him, um, it's always real peril. Uh, it's also scary because after a while, you learn that that's the possibility for the mom too. Like, yeah, it's not just his presence is scary, but I, I yeah, that's true. Yeah, like they me. see they can see where the mom's headed if they mm-hmm. don't do something about it. I also like the scene where she's like, oh my God, the prince is Mordu. Oh my God, I'm in Mordu's life. Like, she's like, oh no. Like, there's a lot of like real terror going there. I think I'm going to give him a five. I think he's a five frightening. Like, he okay. is a scary looking dude. That's going to be a five for me. I'm putting five also. Okay, two fives and a four. Yeah, I feel like Don't I may have been a five if we stick. had watched, like, if I had done this. That's yeah, fine. That's, that's fine. okay. Because I think we're all going to agree when it comes to funny. Oh, it's uh Mordu is a five. Oh, oh, oh wait, a one. A one, yes. Hilarious. I'm going to go ahead and put you for a I one. Mean, he has let us a know. really good one-liner. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, fierce. So... I, so I also look at this as... I wish I could remember what we rated. I want him to be along the same thing as like the Firebird and the Carnotaurs yeah, and things like I, that. Yeah, I feel like he, ha- he has a commanding presence, which I think also falls under fierce. Like any scene he's in, you're fixated on him and you're also terrified for everyone else who he comes into contact with, right? Ka- kind of. He's, but he's- kind of reminding me of the the cat... I don't remember if it's a leopard or a jaguar from Tarzan. Sabor. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if I agree with that because like Sabor was like sleek and like muscle. And this thing, he is a lumbering, like I wouldn't call Frankenstein fierce. And to me, he's a Frankenstein. So I, I think see he's what a, you mean. I think he's a one. I think he, he might be a two just because like I say, he's. He's a mon. I, I think we're looking at fierce as a different definition of fierce, like a fierce monster. Yeah. And I think there are some animals that have. But he doesn't that really have a swagger, is what you're no, saying. No, I think yeah. he's a one. I think for he's me. got a commanding presence, but not necessary, but not the swagger. Right. So what do you yeah. what do you give him? I want to give him a two. That's fine. I'm trying to justify something other than a one, but I can't really think of anything. So you're gonna stick with one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, effective. I would argue that he is very ineffective. Mostly because his like, he doesn't really have much of an agenda other but than to just exist. Do you think exist. his agenda was to not be a bear? It's just he didn't have anyone who cared about him who helped him get there. But I don't think he had anything to do with that happening. I think he stumbled into that end by getting. I guess that's true. Yeah. I would give him a two because he did eat Fergus's leg, and to me, that's effectively monstrous. Yeah, but I don't think he has much of a plan. Like to me, this is always. I, I think he's a good monster. I don't know he's a great villain, right? Mm. Like, so I think he's like, 
he he just lumbers and exists in that. I guess that's his plan, but it's a weak plan. He, he's effective at existing. Yeah. But it's a weak plan to me. And like, I, I just, I, I will say I've been thinking about this a little bit more than I think maybe you have. And I don't know about Pri, but like, you know, th- sometimes my villain rankings are my shower thoughts. <laughs> I will say that. I'll think about, well, why'd you rate this? So I think maybe a two for like, like causing terror and getting, um, Fergus's foot. Yeah. Okay. I could go with that. What do you think? I didn't Brie? really have a strong feeling one way or another, I'll be honest on that one. What do you think, Brie? Yeah, I think this is hard to rate for me too, because he's just I think the point of Mordu is that he's not driven by consciousness. He's not there's not really any point to what yeah. he does except the fact that he's just been taken over by some curse. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Um, so is that a it's one or a two? Plan makes him ineffective. He'd be a one or a two for me. Yeah, you want a two or you want a one? Ugh. Let's do two. Okay, twos across the board. Now I am going to say design. I give him a five for design. I think I he's can like them. confidently because we talked about it in the facts before we watched it, and then really looking at everything the burned fur he's got like the arrow that sticks out like he's got arrows stuck in him i think before he fights anyone from previous battles the way his Mm. eyes glow he's also huge i don't know they put a lot of thought into the kind of battles he's been in and and what he's how that's changed him over the years i think speaking of terrifying beasts look out (laughs) look out brie there's a terrifying beast in the room with you. Yeah, I crushed an ant, and it was where I was keeping his treats, and so he thinks I have another treat for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Well, so, so that Bree, would be Keegan. <laughs> Keegan, yes, uh, Bree's Keegan the pup. Bree's dog. I hope he's okay with us using his name on air. Um, Bree, <laughs> what uh, what do you have for design? I think we have a really good. I guess opportunity to rate his design because we have another character who is essentially the same being as him. So Mm. we get to contrast him to the mom and how she is as a bear. And you can tell with him, like with her, she looks just like a normal bear at first, but with him, the way that they've designed him, you can tell like by looking at him, Oh, he's ancient. He's dangerous. Yeah. Yes. You know, even his movements. And since we just watched that scene again, where they fight her fur almost looks soft as if it would be like, yeah, it would be night. It would be gentle to Mm -hmm. the touch. Whereas his is like gristled and bristly. And yeah, you're right. Comparing them together, I think also shows how intense and what thought was put into his design. Yes. Now, a little off topic, but I would put her as a higher fierce. That's a bear with a little bit of fierceness when she's trying to walk and have some well, composure. Well, when she tries on the crown, she wears yes, the crown. There's and, a little yes, bit of that. Yeah. So that's 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 what a bear with a small amount of fierceness looks like. Yeah. Um, what what was your number rating for his design? Um, f- I think as a big scary bear, mm-hmm. I would do a five. Okay. Can you change my two to a one? The more we're talking on about on him. fierceness? Yeah, the more we're talking about the fierceness, I feel like. I don't like going back because I feel like it's, it's what's right, in your well gut. All right, well, then go, then change but, uh, it so back. So right now, right now, right now, this is the last time we can change it. One or two? A one. Okay. Okay. Go away, Heat. I will be giving him a two simply because some of his burnt nature was like scary. Like, it was a little like, oh, like. 
it was a little rough for a for an animated movie. So then you know? wouldn't you want it higher because you don't want him on the screen for Go Away Heat, right? So that's what I'm saying. So a two as opposed to a one. Oh. So because I like, listen, my my yes factor for Mordu is going to be probably a bit of a surprise. Mm. Um, but I will say like I mostly was like Mordu's, I, I like Mordo as a villain. He doesn't have any go away here where I'm like, oh, I don't like this guy. Other than some of his injuries are just kind of hard to look at, to be honest. Yeah. So for me, he's a two, but okay. I can understand anything you Every guys Every time, Every time he's on screen, I'm like, but what about the infection? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> weapons in his back. So what, what number would you put him at? Uh, Two sounds good. Okay. Tara? I feel like I'm going with a three. Is that too high? You can, it can be a five. Can I be, know. It can be anything you I want. Just, uh, he's been a hard one for me to rank, I think. But I, I just, there is a lot of moments where I'm like scared for the character. So I feel like that, I don't know if that technically falls under go away heat. I think it but, might, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I mean, gonna it's do also, that. It also builds into frightening, but yeah. Yeah. Um, he has a yes factor of three for me. I like okay. him. I, I, I think he's a really cool monster. Now again, I don't. I think there's a difference between. I think the whole summation of his thing will will be a lesser villain. I think I, I would love to see him to be our number one monster. Yeah. Like a like, and the monsters is an interesting category. I feel like that might be a Halloween bracket. Is like Mordu and Monstro and the Firebird and Chernabog mm-hmm. and the ones who aren't necessarily great villains, but they're yeah really interesting monsters. Uh, what do you think, Bree? your yes factor i don't know i i'm not disappointed when he's gone but when he comes up you know it's tension it's not like oh yeah here he comes you know same yeah so i think that might be ones for both of you i think it's a one for me yeah Yeah. that's fine two just because he's a cool design but that's fine you can give him a two and be like oh yeah i like seeing him like um let's see what that does uh so that oh hold on so, uh, he is 18. Okay. Which is pretty good. Uh, ooh. So, he is tied for a 38th. With who? The Coachman from Pinocchio. Oh, him, interesting. Uh, below Mordu with an 18. Putting him um, below Shan Yu from... Um, from Mulan. Mulan. Yeah. And then... Let me see where it puts him. So actually that puts him below the Carnotaurs and Chernabog and Firebird, but not super far off. So we may have done something a little different with him, but man, I kind of wanted him higher, but, but hey, you can't argue with the ranking. I know. It's scientific. (laughs) It's infallible. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't put him above Sean Yu. I think that that works. Okay. Yeah. Um. Bree, thank you so much for not only doing this episode, but coming back and doing this last bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, if, mm-hmm. as we, <laughs> as as always, we always ask our um, guests if they want to plug something, whether it be a personal project, uh, some piece of media you've been enjoying lately, or a sentiment you just want to put out there in the world. Bree, please feel free to plug away. And if I remember correctly... You have something specific to plug if you don't remember talking about this? You do. You remember? Yes. All right. I was just going to plug that if you're in Texas, uh, the Austin Celtic Festival 
is happening this year in person. Uh, they haven't been able to do it the last couple of years. It's going to be November 5th and 6th. Uh, otherwise, if you're elsewhere, find a Celtic festival near you. Irish, Scottish, whatever. Watch some Highland games. See someone throw yeah. a caber like I, mentioned in the movie. It's I really know fun. we... We looked some up online and watched them together, the three of us, before we recorded. So, <laughs> yeah, if you like short skirts, uh, looking up women islands games is a good thing to look up. A lot of that's a weird. Plug <laughs> okay, I'll cut that if out. You cut like that out. Short you skirts. Like, apparently, if you like if you like kilts on any of your of your uh, uh, men or women mm. or in between, a great place to go is the is the Highland Festival. Um, I was going to put the dates in my calendar, and they're already in there, Brie, from the last time we yes. talked. So I'm very much looking forward to attending. And this will be coming out in September, so that's good. We will. That I was like, oh, please, I would feel real bad if this is after. You know, after we thought the about festival, this, but, but yeah, uh, gang, we talked about this in the episode, but our next episode of mini tale will be Prince of Egypt, which I, I know wait. I have not seen. I'm excited I'm to so check excited out for because you to it see was, it. uh, by the same director as this. So, uh, Great music. you know, we can, we can find our, say again, <laughs> the same director thing is news to me. Yeah. No, we talked about it. We said, I think we had this whole conversation. I'm pretty sure, but it's the same director. My memory is. <laughs> it's okay. I'm right there with you, Bree. Well, it'll be it'll be exciting to hear this information for a third time when you listen to the episode, Bree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time. All right, take care, listeners. Thanks for listening to Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries. If you've got a Disney story to share, a bone to pick with us, or just want to say hello, call the Princess Diaries hotline at seven zero seven yo T R P D one. That's 707-968-7731. You can send us an email at trprincessdiaries at gmail.com, tweet at us at trpdiaries on Twitter, or check out our Instagram at trprincessdiaries. Join the Facebook group to post Disney memes, vote in our Disney theme brackets, and meet other fairy tale friends. Facebook.com slash groups slash trprincessdiaries. Tara and Ryan's Princess Diaries are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Wherever you hear us, please be our knight in shining armor and give us a five-star review. Check out pods.link slash trprincessdiaries for all the places you can find us on the web, including how you can support us through our coffee account or our Redbubble merchandise store. Thanks again, and until next time, remember to always live happily ever after. Um.